plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one mana. Well, I mean, all the good ones do. Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Matt. And I am pretty frustrated, all things being considered. Uh, but we are finally on our new recording schedule. I believe everything on this computer is working as it should, hopefully for the last time. Uh, but we are Cantor Cartel. We are here to talk magic. Matt, how are you? Good enough. Oh, my gosh, dude. I Just to interrupt you immediately, um, as an apology to everyone last week, the uh, audio on my end sounded awful because I have a new recording set up at home, which mm -hmm. we've been recording at home a little more often because we've been so busy. And uh, with my new mixing board, the gain was up higher than it should have been. And like, ugh, I apologize you get to everyone. a bunch everyone. of echo? No, no echo, but there was just that background oh, buzz yep, of, of like, ambient noise. Of the life going on in your house, like just that. Yes. Yeah. So apologies to everyone about that. Okay, and then Matt can tell you how he's doing. Yeah. I uh, I listened to mine I, I just to check the audio because yeah. I was curious. Um, I was like, oh, I sounded okay. So that was good. Um, as far as I'm going, I have good enough. Like I said, uh, I was up in uh, my hometown for the weekend visiting my dad and my grandma and my aunt. So like basically my whole family's fucked up. <laughs> like everybody's medically, getting, they're, medically they're fine people <laughs> sort of <laughs> the ones I was with were fine people. Yeah. We have plenty of uh, bad well, apples. Let's everyone's that. got black sheep in the family. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was my weekend. Didn't really do much exciting. And I mean, we recorded on what Friday? Yes. Last week. So it's really only been three days since yep. we recorded last. Uh, about the only thing I did do was play some Diablo 2 on, uh, I think it was Sunday after I came home. So rewind. The one thing I have been doing is watering the hell out of my lawn. Um, it looks nice. Well, we've got, uh, it just got uh, core aeration and overseeding done. So I've got to water it like all the time mm -hmm. for the next couple weeks to get that seed to take. And uh, so I've been doing that. And playing some Diablo 2 on PlayStation 5, which is going reasonably well. Um, I've, I've I mentioned it last week, how like I play pretty recklessly. Yeah. I just toned it down a little bit, and now I'm almost all the way through level 90. <laughs> I'm like 80% of the way yep. through with no deaths. So I'm just like, I'm just going to be a little bit more careful and see if I can get over this hump. Um, I can't believe you're still playing Diablo 2. Diablo 4 is out, man. Diablo 4? I, I called this. <laughs> yes how much did i fucking call this because what did i say i said fundamentally the diablo games are about the end game grind mm -hmm. diablo 2 is great just playing like the the storyline they're fine games but like they're not a they're not super long mm -hmm. and b that's not really what people think of when they're like when Diablo players think of Diablo, mm -hmm. they don't think of like wow the story is thrilling and i'm so glad i played through all five acts of Diablo 3 cool whatever yep they go how's the grind at the end yeah because the the loot hunt is the game well that's when you have a thousand hours in that's what 980 hours are right so you kind of need to get that right yeah and all it took so there's a there's a guy who i watch on youtube he's my diablo 2 guy his mr llama sc uh -huh. and he did like a two hour review of diablo 4 when it came out because he's obviously he's a huge diablo fan and yeah. he was in the you know beta or whatever and uh <clears throat> He broke it down into like 20 or 30 different categories mm -hmm. and like rated each one and then had him, they each category had a weighting on it and then like generated the score and whatnot. So it, like he put a lot of thought into this and he gave it like a D minus or an F. 
because it was again it's just like he even put it in there he's like nah. the storyline man he's just a hater right well and look how that's turned out yep. Diablo 4 is pretty much universally being shit on by the community because they've not only did it launch with a bunch of issues as far as like like there's core mechanics that are just broken uh-huh. that just don't work you've sent me a couple TikToks I you actually pay closer attention to Diablo than I do or Diablo 4 yeah. than I do cuz like you'll see it on TikTok or other social media I don't even go looking for it yeah like I I was on the subreddit for the first like week or two of the re- launch and I we've talked about that before but where I was where I was just like well, this looks really familiar. This launch of Diablo 4 is exactly what look, it looked like when Diablo 3 launched. Um, so yeah, Diablo 4 is just a clusterfuck, and I called that and saved myself oh, yeah, fucking 70 or 80 bucks. Laughably bad. Apparently, I, I hadn't played it. Now, check back in five years. Yeah, they might fix it. They might fix it. And if they do, like, it's not like I'm like anti-new Diablo game. Just anti-bad games. I'm just anti-bad games, oh, God. and Blizzard's a fucking horrible company. Like I, like, I would love nothing more than to get to play Tarkov. I love the gameplay of Tarkov's amazing. If they just fix some of the bullshit, I'm downloading Tarkov tomorrow. Right. Not anti Tarkov. I'm anti bullshit games. Right. So uh it was so funny. Someone so I know we talked about it last week when we recorded and it failed, because shocking to everybody that once in a while our recordings fail. We have to re-record stuff. But I was talking about how, like, you know, I think I told you, I might have said on the failed recording that like you know dmz is a light version of tarkov and it's phenomenal one of our patrons was like have you ever checked out dmz it's actually a really great version of tarkov and i was like yes i love dmz dmz is amazing Um, Uh, actually i'll give credit i can't remember who said it to me but i'll i will shout them out but yeah the uh as far as diablo 2 goes instead of just shitting on diablo 4 which is apparently (laughs) pretty easy to do uh, i've just been farming those terror zones that i mentioned as much as possible go ahead rule rule lawyer thank you for um like attempting to reach out and be like hey if you like this but hate it here's a tangential thing that's basically what you're lo- talking about yeah and well i mean there's a lot of games like that yes. um so uh i've got so they in the terror zones they drop these charms now which uh i love the idea of i haven't actually fucked around with one yet because i can't get the one i actually want to drop but they break so you know in diablo 2 in hell difficulty every every enemy is immune to at least one uh, mm-hmm. element right yeah these if you have that charm uh in your inventory it breaks that immunity oh okay so like if you have the one for lightning it says okay nothing can be immune to lightning n- nothing can be immune to lightning now the downside is because it's still diablo uh it gives like minus 70 to 90 percent to your lightning immunity <laughs> so you also so no one's immune to lightning no one's immune to lightning <laughs> Now, you can still stack a bunch of lightning resist and compensate for that. But again, you're right back to trade-offs. We're like, yeah. well, these these charms could be adding more damage or magic find or something else. And now, in order to break immunity, I have to pull off some of my offensive or utility stats to dump on more resistances, right? Yeah. Um, I've been farming those. So I've got two fire and one lightning, and I need cold. <laughs> so, like, it's just a matter of time. The drop rate actually isn't that bad. Nice. Which is good. Like it's still it's still a low drop weight drop rate. Like yeah. I've only gotten three of them, mm-hmm. but like they are feasible to get. So it's just a matter of time before I get a cold one, and then I can then it's off to the races. Although they did, I I need to confirm this because I'm not a hundred percent sure about the wording. But from what I saw on Max Roll, they did something that I hate. And if I'm wrong, if I'm misinterpreting this, then obviously none of this applies. But they kind of did a magic. They pulled a magic thing where they go, hey, we're going to introduce this new thing and then nerf a class based off of it. So Blizzard has a ice mastery, which reduces an uh, an enemy's resistance to cold damage. Uh-huh. 
well, that doesn't that by itself will not break an immunity. But apparently they thought Blizzard or like Blizzard Sorceress was too good because once you could break a cold immunity, that uh, reduction into the resistances made them do too much damage. So it's like, okay, so this thing was doing just fine yep. before you went and fucked with something. You in, the game's twenty five years old, and you're gonna go, hey, let's introduce these new charms. And okay, yeah, we had to. And now we have to go. And now we had to go fuck with this. Now the thing I wasn't sure of, and I haven't, I haven't really looked, so it's not like I can't find this information, mm-hmm. but I just haven't. I've been busy. I don't know if that only applies to enemies whose immunity has been broken or to all of them. So basically what they did is they reduced the uh, resistance reduction by Mm -hmm. 80%. That's a lot. But I don't know if that only applies to enemies who have had their immunity broken or not. And if that's the case, then sure. Like that'd be okay. It's like, well, I wasn't going to kill him anyways. I'm still better off. Yeah. If you still get the massive reduction on your Joe Schmo enemy, and then the enemy that was immune beforehand is now just severely less reduced after yeah. it is had its immunity yeah. taken away. You know, two weeks ago, I couldn't hurt it at all. Now yeah. I can hurt it. Just a little less. Just a little a, less. A bit less. But. Yeah. Um, but I just, the, the principle of that thing just drives me nuts where it's like, think about this stuff beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're telling me you, you introduced these terror zones and at the same time added these charms and didn't think, wow, you know, this most or second most played build in the game as this talent that's really good should we test and see if this build is gonna like all these builds are public like these this game is old enough that like there's stuff changes because they keep adding content Mm -hmm. now but like it was pretty much set in stone when diablo 2 resurrected you've got like smiter paladin for killing ubers you've got uh hammered in for killing for like uh magic farming as paladin Mm -hmm. and then you've got like blizzard sorceress and blizzard sorceress is like the ladder starter character because it gets teleport right away without having to find a very rare several very rare rooms to make because there's that's a game changer being able to mobility is correct and like especially when you're doing these farmings you're you're running doing farming runs through these like mazes mm-hmm. being able to just teleport around and just skip all the trash that doesn't matter and go kill the boss bit is, of a game changer huh it's huge i mean that's what in almost every class they try to get the uh there's a rune word called enigma which uh-huh. is uh goes in a chess piece and it gives you the ability to teleport like a sorceress so like that's what everyone like if you look at almost yeah. every build online the chess piece is enigma Everyone's fighting to get to where this character starts. Right. So yeah. like it's in it. The thing is, is again, it does plenty of damage too. there's characters that can do that can kill quicker, but they also have other weaknesses and they can't teleport. Uh-huh. Um. So, yeah, it's like why you wouldn't go, hey, maybe we should test these charms on the most played class and the most played build before we release them. Hmm. I don't know. Seems like that'd be a decent place to start. We'll fix it in post. But whatever, like I said, assuming it's option B, where it's like it only affects the enemies that you break their immunity to, then we're still way ahead and I don't really care. Yep. Um, And to be fair, I still really don't care because like it's current in theory, if it's not the case and it's option A where they've just nerfed that, I still I'm playing with that now and I'm killing everything just fine. So it's not like the end of the world. It's just kind of one of those things where I'm like, really, guys, are we going to ban Mox Opal because we printed Urza? Yep. <laughs> like that kind of stuff well, drives that, me fucking nuts. I want neither to see play. Right. That's my goal. Well, that's sure. But like, I just hate the, hey, we introduced this new thing. Yeah. Let's ban the now, old thing. It, I, I always feel it's relevant to to say because we, we you and we both use that reference a lot where it's like 
Urza, Urza and Mox Hope are kind of the, like the clearest, like, hey, the new card banned the old card, and now they both suck. They probably were moving towards a fast mana free modern anyway. That might have been what led to that a little bit. The and that to but that's it's just fair. the whole premise of like this thing's been fine for a long time. Here's a new thing that broke the fine thing, banned the fine thing. Oh, another and especially in that case, now the broke thing isn't playable either. Yeah, well, another example would be what they did with uh, what was it? Um, it was gush in popper when they printed foil as a pop as a common, gotcha. and it was just like, oh my god, pop or foil and gush are taking over the format. Let's ban gush. gush. Yep. Cool. So the only place you can actually play one of the most interesting cards in Magic, you can't play it anymore. And by the way, foil sees zero play now anyways. Yep. So what the fuck was the point of and that? And you could just we ban just, foil. Now we just don't have gush. And left gush is a really cool, interesting mechanic, essentially. Right. So that kind of thing just just really pisses me off. Um, but yeah, other than that, let's see. I'm just trying to rack my brain. Basically, just work has sucked. I've been super frustrated at work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we don't have to get into it, but I've been super frustrated at work, which to be fair, part of that is just because like half my family's dying. So like it Doesn't just kind of dials me up a little bit. So I'm like kind of like my background stress is just higher. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm like half your family. Any, you're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> my percentage is, is going up. Jake is just like, I'm just going to outlast all your friends, <laughs> motherfucker. You've got people you've known for 30 fucking years. Well, uh, guess what? <laughs> do you know what you taught me more than anything else? Play the long game. Gotta be prepared to play the long game. <laughs> yep. The long con. I'm going to sneak in there and just, oh, look, friends are dying left and right. Who's moving up in the world? Uh, but yeah, that's, that's about it. Basically, Diablo. Diablo. I don't think I can't think of anything else to really talk about. It's been it's only been a yeah, few days. A, I, we recorded on a Thursday, I believe, but it has not yeah. been very long. Yeah, but it was like Thursday night. Do we talk last week about the new recording schedule? How like we, I reworked my week to record on Mondays, and then because my computer took a shit on Monday, that we couldn't do it anyway. We couldn't record on Monday, and now the computer is also yeah. effectively taking a shit. Anyways, and a different computer is taking a shit, and yeah. so I am a very lucky person. And that I have a very nice life. I have a great family, yada, yada. And in, in the culmination of all of that, I have three very competent gaming computers at the moment. I have my original gaming computer I built about seven or eight years ago, which is a beast, which was a beast, but can't, you know, can't keep up. So that's going to be our new TV computer slash Oculus computer. I've got my brand new gaming computer, which is a legitimate beast. I feel comfortable calling it enthusiast grade again. It has a 4070, which is a, uh, a monster of a GPU. And then I've got a computer I built for my mother many, many years ago that is uh, VR capable, which for anyone who does, and that's a relatively powerful computer. Yeah. Um, it's not laughably anymore, but, and she's moving to Florida. She's done with it. And so she gave it to me. And so I have finally been able to get this all in one computer, which we, we started on a laptop and the laptop had its own issues. And it was annoying that I had to keep taking it back and forth. So we've moved to, I purchased an old crappy all in one computer where it's a screen and the computer's behind it and it has its own issues, but it works okay. Except if it ever has to do anything with windows, it maxes out the disc drive um, allotment and, or the, it, the disc is at a hundred percent and I can't do it, which happened last week. Like yep. we tried to record, we recorded the first like 30 minutes and the software kept bugging out because there just wasn't enough power in the computer to apparently do th two things <laughs> yes handle some kind of forced update windows was pushing on the back end and run the software so i have been meaning to i brought actually my mother's computer over here this a uh, decent desktop computer with a dedicated like 970 graphics card it's got a, a four core or it's got a two core but four thread cpu 
relatively competent com computer. And we would be meaning to get the screen over here and get on the internet and get it hooked up. And so um, I was going to do this weekend, but my friend wanted to go see his dead, his dying family. So I couldn't loser. So I decided, well, we'll just do, I'll do it today and we'll just fuss with it. And we'll see what we can get going to backtrack. When my mom gave me this computer, because she had been, she's been thinking about moving to Florida for a little while now. And she's kind of pulled, she's kind of pulled the pin. She's going, but she kind of pulled the pin a couple of months ago. And we went and took, got a bunch of stuff from the house, un, you know, loaded a bunch on the trailer, brought it up. And that was when she gave me the computer. And so I went to, you know, turn it on and get it going. And the, it was locked with a password and she couldn't remember the password no matter what she, so I tried all tried every password. Couldn't remember it. Tried her security questions. Couldn't get in. Eventually said, fuck it. You know, do you care about anything on the computer? And she said, no, cause she mostly used it just for a little bit of light gaming and Oculus. So I wiped it and put windows on it. And the plan was to give it to Sarah for it to be her desktop. So she can have a, a relatively competent gaming computer. Like I was going to put, um, the wizards game on it, Hogwarts mm -hmm. legacy. So she could play. Yeah. Like have a little more of a like like I have a nice gaming computer and I like sitting at my desk and playing games. And um, apparently when I reset it with Windows, I allowed her to choose a password, which was a terrible mistake. Um, <laughs> if I'm being honest and Sarah doesn't listen to this, so I can uh, spit some fire at her. I almost guarantee what happened was I said, I'm going to put a password on this. And she said, no, it'll be for me. Let me put a password on it. And I probably said something to the effect of you never remember your fucking passwords. Why do you want to put a password on it? And she said something to the effect of, I want to. And I said, well, I don't feel like arguing for the next two hours. So sure. So today uh, we plug it in, turn it on and I need a password. I try all of mine. None of my, I, don't, I don't remember this conversation. So I'm putting words in her mouth. assuming it's hap yeah. it happened. Especially because none of my passwords worked. Yep. So I called her and that's, <laughs> I'm glad you had to be here for that. I got to call her and I go, hey, do you remember the password for your computer? And what was her, what was her immediate response? No. <laughs> no, she said, why? Oh, yeah, why? Yeah. What the fuck do you think why? Because I need to get into it. <laughs> and so she can't remember because she is my wife, whom I love very much. And <laughs> we, we got in a, we were in a little mini, like, our playful argument. And she was, because I was like, you know, you don't know it, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, I don't know. I, and I was like, I said something like, I should, I think I should, I should have said for one of my passwords. And she said, oh, wow, thanks. And I said, bitch, how many times have you changed your Amazon password this year? And she paused for a second and said, I don't know a lot. And I said, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm currently reinstalling Windows again on this computer because I really want to get using it for recording because it'll be really nice. Even if I don't like maybe my other computer will be what I, you know, do all the Googling on. But having a relatively powerful computer with a decent hard drive that can run the recording software and be relatively infallible, knock on wood. I'm so excited about it. It was supposed to happen weeks ago and we kind of just kept milking it along because we were super busy and I was still doing Pioneer and now we have time and I still can't use it and it's driving me kind of crazy, but I am setting my own personal pin, which you, do you know the pin for this one? Yep. That will be the pin for this one. I'm setting my passwords and my pins on them. But it'll be so easy to be hacked by all the hackers sure out there. Will. They could steal like three week old Copies yep. of our podcast. They could. <laughs> they can have it. They can have as much as they want. They could look at our browsing history of MTG Goldfish. <laughs> sure can. Over and over and over. Yep. Because <laughs> that's so we have three computers in this room, and that's all they get that's, used for. That's the only thing they ever click on is MTG yep. Goldfish. Seven nine. Although that's not that's not technically true. I do uh when we hit like a lull or like if we take a break or something, I do browse like edhrack.com. 
two That's websites. Right. Once in a while, you'll mention I, that. Thanks that that filter out card I have, which I do really yep. like. Oh, my favorite part of installing Windows. If, if anyone's ever in, installed, if you've never installed Windows onto a computer, um, it's really easy to do. It's free and really easy. But my favorite thing is when you're choosing your privacy settings, no location, no diagnostic, no tailored experience, no advertising, no inking, no find my device. Yep. Just leave None me alone. Of that shit. Just leave me alone, please. Um, and so uh, what did I do this weekend? My uh, my wife went down to help her friend move. And um, it's a bit of a sore spot in their relationship because Sarah doesn't listen to this. Uh, her her best friend is kind of a fucking idiot and kind of a wonder piece what of that's sh- like kind of a piece of shit. Um, like she's fucking a married dude. She, I believe she ended her marriage for the married dude, knowing full well that he's not leaving his marriage for her. Um, she just like, doesn't take care of her house. She, she has a chance to make pretty good money. She does the same thing my wife does, which is a relatively lucrative field. Um, she's, I, I, she's a mortician. Like she also does embalmings. Uh, apparently, according to Sarah, she's like one of the best cosmetizers cosmetizers in the state, but she's just an idiot and bad with money. And so she lives in terrible situations and she hangs out with terrible people. And so Sarah went to help her get moving because she's moving to a new area, I believe, for a job, which all more power to her. And when Sarah got there, their plan was to move on Sunday, get the truck, load the trucks and drive it three hours to the new house. They hadn't packed a single thing. All right. So Sarah spent now. Now, let me be very clear. I am not necessarily throwing shade at her for this because she and I are the exact same person when it comes to moving, because that's how I am. I don't I don't pack shit. But Sarah was like Sarah's weekend was fucking shot that the entirety of her weekend was just spent just cramming, packing as much as humanly possible, as fast as possible, because they have done zero things to prepare for her coming over to help. What was was she planning on staying there the whole weekend? She was there Saturday and Sunday. And so she what, helped. What, what were her initial plans? Just Saturday and Sunday. That was okay. it. Okay. I was going to say, like, hey, for example, like if that's me and I'm like driving down there to help you move, like if I go to your house to help you move and I'm planning on helping you move till five and you haven't started, like, okay, you got yeah. me till five, that's, bud. That's basically what she did. Like, she, <laughs> like, but like, so like all throughout the weekend, like she kept like they were, she kept wanting to like joke with Sarah and tell stories and chit chat. And Sarah was like, shut the fuck up. We have shit to do. Fill that box with your stuff. We don't get to hang out. That's not what this is anymore. You ruined that. Um, And so like to put it in perspective a little bit of um, what uh, what this packing was like. The number Sarah quoted me was 76 bags of clothes. What the fuck? Yeah, (laughs) it's fucking rough. And apparently a lot of dirt. Apparently her house, the the word I was told is a lot of dirt. Now, I guess she has a lot of plants. So maybe it's in relation to some of that. But her house was very like the last time Sarah went down there a couple weekends ago, she spent most of the time cleaning because it's fucking filthy. She's just kind of a fucking idiot. Sarah's best friend in the world. And I feel kind of bad because one, I should talk her a lot because she's kind of a fucking idiot. Like I'm a big, I'm a big birds of a feather kind of person. Like birds of a feather flock together, man. You are who you hang out with. Mm-hmm. You hang out with fucking losers and you're, a, you're, well, the, they will drag you down even will. if you're not. Now, a loser. I'm not saying because Sarah goes and hangs out with her sometimes. And I'm not saying she's dragging Sarah down, but I'm saying the friend hangs out with fucking losers. And so case in point, um, they went on a road trip a while ago. And apparently while on the road trip, one of the people in the car was like strung out on crack. Jesus. 
And like, I get that she's going through her shit and she's figuring it out how she's going to handle her life and yada, yada. But like, and I'm, I don't tell my wife what she can and can't do because she's, first of all, I love her. Second of all, she's an independent woman. I married her on purpose. I don't get to. That's not how it works within reason. But like when she tells me that, I'm like, wow, I hope you guys don't get pulled over for anything. And she's not carrying. Right. Because then if, you're all going to jail. If they find heroin or crack or whatever it was, some hard drug on her, you all have it. And now you're going to jail and I have to come bail you out and we have to figure out how to get past this. Not in terms of our marriage. Yeah. This is our life. We have to get through this now. And like, I don't worry about that because I don't hang up people that do heroin or, or crack or whatever. Yep. So like, I'm a, I'm a big, big one on birds of a feather flock together. And that started when I used to work in the correction. I used to work in corrections. Um, I worked at a work release facility, which is, I mean, Saying I worked in corrections is kind of cheating a little bit because these were the best of the best. These are the ones who like they literally leave the building to go to work for eight to 12 hours. Yeah. They get in their car and they drive to work. These are the most trustworthy people that we have. Mostly nonviolent stuff. Almost exclusively because their their goal is they, they've almost served their sentence. They need to go get a job and make some money and get a life going so that when they get out, they're good to go. And half of them, four fifths of them go out and come right back in. You, you just see them on a loop. And a big part of that is they all hang out with the same. They roll with the same crowds. Once they get out of jail, they roll with the same crowds that put them in jail. And I'm not saying every. I think the you know pretty much anyone can be rehabilitated. You can you can affect change in your life. And if you one of the effects in your in your life you want to one of the changes you want to affect in your life is you want to stop doing drugs, stop hanging out with people that do drugs. That's like step two that's that's really important because <laughs> it doesn't matter how long it's been since you did drugs if there's drugs in the room and everybody's trying to tell you to do them you're way more inclined to do them now the downside to that is you do have to kind of live on an island for a little while because presumably your only friends are the ones who do drugs so i, I get where it's yeah. difficult i can't empathize because i've never been there but i get how it's difficult because you just don't get to do anything fun anymore but the fun things you did put you in jail for two years. And well, so that's, you that's kind of the like I it's a it's clearly different because it's not illegal. But that's kind of how I look at like when I'm trying to lose weight. Like it's not that I don't get to eat good food. That's what I've been doing for the past 20 fucking years is eating whatever the hell I want. Yep. And I'm not like oh, I'm not like I'm yeah. not like grossly. Obese oh, yeah. Or no, we're not. We're like, overweight. I'm more overweight than you. But like we're overweight, yeah. but we're not. But it's just like. There's like you, 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 you had your fun. Yeah. You did your, you like your, you had your, like, I'm going to fucking live wild and free yep. and do heroin. And do, whatever do whatever I want. Do yep. whatever. Well, A, that ended. Yep. And B, if you don't get to use like, oh, I'm bored. So I'm going to go out and smoke fucking whatever. Like you got to do that once. Consider yourself lucky that it didn't kill you. Yep. You got out. You got out Which, as scot-free as you can get for the most part. Right. And, and I'm, I'm the same way. Like. Like several of my, some of the bad apples I was talking about. Yeah. It's drugs. Like, like my cousin is a fucking meth head now. Yep. She swore she would do like every drug except meth. Yep. And then eventually she got around to doing meth. Yep. Shocking. I mean, it just, I'm not saying, and I'm not even, because someone does a drug, they'll do all the drugs. That's not even, that's not remotely true. Um, Like my opinion has changed on a lot of drugs. Like marijuana isn't even that big of a deal to me anymore. I don't judge people for doing marijuana. Um, cocaine, heroin, meth. I'll be totally honest. Uh, if you can do it and never hurt anybody or have it affect your life negative, I don't care. I don't really, I don't care. 
The problem is for most people, it does very negatively affect your life. And so that's the reason you need to remove that from your life or don't and deal with the consequences. Yeah. And like, that's just to circle it all back around one of Sarah's best friends. Um, that's the kind of, I don't think she does drugs, but she just hangs out with people that do. And I guess she's moving roughly through three ish hours. Cause I remember I, cause Sarah was really bummed out about her moving. And I was like, just go see her. Where's she moving to? And she said, Oh, it's like, it's like a two and a half hour drive. And I was like, that's a, a ways, but that's fine. And that's what I do. Yeah. To go see my parents. I mean, if you want to go spend a weekend with her, it's a couple hours. Cause we drive the big town. We go to a lot is an hour and a half from here. Yeah. And like an hour and a half is nothing. Like if I came home one night at like four o'clock and she was like, Hey, do you want to drive an hour and a half to that town and hang out? And my brother's in town from, you know, Wisconsin. You want to go see him? Fuck. Yeah, I do. That's nothing. So two hours, two and a half hours. That's not too bad. And I guess what Sarah had mentioned to her is like, well, we can get, you know, we can meet up in the middle. And her friend said, no, I think it, you can just come drive to me. Basically said, right. no, I'm not willing to meet you in the middle. Uh-huh. You can just come see me. And that was like the last straw where she was like, oh, you're not really a very good friend, are you? If you're unwilling to compromise and spend some energy to come see me. Or, or like alternate. Like, yes. I've been there. And so that was she's she's been in a bit of a rough space. One kind of pseudo saying goodbye to her friend and two recognizing what her friend is, the, the world her friend is creating for herself. And like that was what that's what most of my weekend was. I was I was uh, I was home alone, but I was talking to Sarah as she was going through all that. And then I also was spending my time on my computer playing video games. I was going to say, you're like, die, motherfucker, die, like shooting. Oh, and yeah. It's like ping. And you're like, oh, that's sad. Die, motherfucker. Die. <laughs> It's a lot of like, that's fucking bullshit. Nice aimbot, asshole. <laughs> oh, what's Sarah doing? No. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Between games. Yep. Between Warzone drops. Yeah. Every, yeah. I'll re- message received 25 minutes ago. <laughs> yep. Um, I'll send you a quick picture. I did do a little bit of work in the garage. I put some of those pallets to use. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the picture I'm going to send you, the handles, I bought handles for this. It's a carrying tray. And I think it came out really good. The handles I bought, um, I don't like how they mount. And I inadvertently made them unusable on this one. And so I made some wooden or some rope handles for it instead. But I think that looks freaking really good when it finally comes through. It's a it's just a it's like an old reclaimed wood um, into like a serving tray outside. Yeah, that looks good. And it's just I think it just came out really nice. It's a relatively simple little thing, but it's really good looking. So I spent, you know, realistically, that probably take like you know, 30, 30 ish minutes to make, but the first one always takes forever. Yeah. You got to figure it out. So I spent a couple hours kind of figuring out, first of all, you know, how I want it to look, how I'm going to make it, how I'm going to put together, how I'm going to make it so it's all and whatnot. But like, I think it looks pretty good. Well, here's, here's where you need to take it to the next level. Now you need to go and make handles for it. I've thought about that, but like, get some metal and start making handles. Well, I would have to, to do it, I mean, I'd have to get a tap and die set. I have to drill out holes and and tap them. And keep in mind, my goal with these things is to be on a very affordable. Like I'm going for like a twenty dollar product, and if I'm hand forging handles and tapping it, it's not twenty dollars anymore. <laughs> no, but you get to actually do some of the things you want to do. Like you bake one like that for you, and you go look at this thing. Yeah, maybe. For example, like if you were gonna get like one of those boxes you made to receive packages, right? Mm-hmm. Make one for yourself and make it like really fucking sweet. Make it look really good. Yeah. yeah. Decorate the heck out and of it. And use it to advertise with it. Like, this is what I'm capable of. The now prob- I've got basic pictures. 
bitch versions with rope. The problem is I'm really not capable of a lot. I really am not very good at making things. Yet. Maybe eventually. Keep keep tinking away at it. Yeah. It was, I had a lot of fun. Uh, The weather finally broke here. So it's been, it's been like literally with heat index in the hundred and teens for like last week. Um, And then as of like the weekend hit, it broke like from 110 to 75. Yeah. It killed my mom's AC. She had to get it. So, Yep. Oh yeah. She's it finally yeah, a week of 115 yeah, cooked it. It's I don't know if it was that week, but like I, I mean, it pushed it to the like apparently it was leaking uh, yeah. refrigerant and it's just like I mean, talking to the HVAC guys or hearing them talk, like that's a thing. Like mm-hmm. it's you just you just work the snot out of an old unit for a week straight and it'll die. Yep. That's just like it'll it'll kind of limp along for years. But you have one week of over 100 degrees, it'll fucking kill them. That's that's that weans the old ones out. Yep. So luckily ours is. I also learned I was kind of feeling bad because I bought a new AC unit years ago before I knew anything about this kind of stuff. Before I knew anyone I could confide in. And so I did the whole you know, call a company. I trust them. They charged me a couple, you know, three or four thousand dollars for a new unit. Put it in. And when it's hot, uh, our house is 75 degrees, which I prefer to keep our house around 70 that's where I'm comfortable. It's like in that 70 range. And we've been, uh, Sarah and I have been sweating a little bit last couple of days because mm-hmm. the house, like again, it's it literally, it'll be like 930 and it's still 100 degrees outside. Yeah. And so it's like 75, 77 in the house. And I was kind of like, man, did I get, you know, sold on a kind of a shitty unit that just can't keep up? And I saw a TikTok. So could be fake. Who knows? But it was obviously, it's a, I watch a lot of like, plumbing and HVAC related TikToks. So now I see more of them. And it was a, it was a, like a podcast of HVAC techs. And that's exactly what they were talking about. And what they said was AC units are sized for the average temperature of the year. And your average temperature is probably going to be in the 80 to 90 degrees. And they literally said, once you get above 90 degrees, you should expect your house to be around 75 degrees at the lowest. And that's just what it can do. Yep. And I was like, Oh, sweet. Yeah, they it from what I've read, it's most ACs can knock about twenty degrees off the external temperature. Ballpark. Uh, okay. There so you like go. like when you start getting up to that mid to mid nineties to higher, like uh-huh. if no, it's, if, you, if it's hundred and you can get it down to seventy five, you're probably actually doing all right. Yeah. Uh, which is awesome. I was happy. I was I was genuinely worried that I just kind of got sold on something and I got I basically paid oh either I bought a cheap AC for a cheap price and I would rather have paid more for a good AC or I paid a lot for a cheap AC. And yeah, sounds like I just got what ACs are. Yep. And that's just the world we live in. There's a limit to it. Yeah. Which is fine. I just, I just don't want to get sold. Yeah. Um, I wonder how mad Sarah's going to be. That I didn't mow the yard today. I was she, back yesterday. Cause she kind of wanted me to. And I, uh, I, I went and got groceries instead. I slept in a little that's bit. A way easier chore. <laughs> sure was. Um, I thought about it. It was kind of funny. I had meant to mow, and it's a wonderful day to mow. It's like 70 degrees yeah, outside. That's really nice. And uh, I had thought about going, you know, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and mow. But it was like 2.45. And I was like, fuck, Matt's going to be ready for me to leave in like 20 minutes. And I really don't want, I really don't want, I don't want to push this. I want to get this done as soon as possible. For the mm-hmm. first time in probably a year, I want to get this recording done as soon as possible within reason and have the the week to take care of it. So I didn't mow. And I wonder how upset she's going to be about that. Yeah. What's the worst that happens? She mows? <laughs> that will not happen, I promise. Well, Dude, good. Then she doesn't care that oh much. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, 
when we got married, she told me she loves mowing the yard because she likes having a mowed yard. She enjoyed mowing her lawn. Has not mowed our yard one time. She got so our, we have a riding lawnmower and it has a weight sensor, and mm-hmm. she's not heavy enough to turn to hit the weight sensor. And she told me one day she got out and it was going to mow, and it kept like kicking on and off because she wasn't heavy enough. And I was like, well, that's easy to fix. I'll just put some duct tape on it. Like if that's the problem. I just there's a little button. You pick the seat up. There's a button. Yeah. You just tape the button down. You'll be fine to go. And has not once touched the mower since. Sounds about right. So she found her one. And then and then it was, well, she'll weed eat. I'll mow and she'll weed eat. Because we don't have a ton of weed eating to do, but a little bit. Has not weed eated once, which is fine. That's The chores in our house are not 50-50 in the slightest. And I have the much easier side of it. So I don't actually th- throw any shade or, or get shitty with her about it. But... uh I'm probably going to have a bit of a talking to when I get home <laughs> about mowing the yard. Uh, hopefully. We'll just throw the password thing right back in her face. <laughs> well, the cool thing is. Just I be like, to... I would have mowed, but I forgot the fucking password to the lawnmower. I don't have anything to do tomorrow, so maybe I can mow tomorrow. Um, you're not working tomorrow? Well, after work. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, after work. I do have some things to do, but. Well, you won't have anything to do next Tuesday. We My got... evenings. What's next Tuesday? Uh, next Monday's Labor Day. Oh, so we get Tuesday off? Yeah. Well, you you'll get Tuesday off. I'll yes, have Monday. Yes, off. yes, yes, yes. Because you, I because I don't work Monday. Yep. Oh, I get a three day weekend. Yep. Dude, Next, this we this have Tuesday three day weekend coming up. This Tuesday through Saturday. Well, the thing is, I don't think I work this Saturday. Oh, <laughs> I have my vacation. I think you, this is the you last. You still have your last day of. PTO? I think this was my last because I was planning on doing a farmers market, um, which I might do. I might make some stuff and go to the local farmers market in town. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure because it's the first and third Saturday, and I think I requested off. To use my last day this Saturday. I think of a three-day nice. weekend this weekend and a three-day weekend next weekend. This Tuesday through Saturday, mm-hmm. like, I don't like working so you Tuesday. Have, no, I mean, it's like, you'll have a four-day weekend. Labor Day is next, like, it's a week. So you'll have oh. this Saturday off. You'll have Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off. Man, that actually might suck. Because our company has a policy where if you don't work the day before and the day after, you don't get paid for it. Does it go across weeks? I don't know. We'll see. I won't be surprised now if I don't get if I don't get that day off paid. Yeah, I don't know. I have not experienced that policy, so I have no <sighs> yeah, idea. Yeah, that kind of sucks. I didn't, I, I had no idea. I I don't track that kind of stuff. I don't. You work. You you've managed me for four years, and you know for a fact that at half I just walk in and go, "Wait, we don't work on Monday." Right. Well, one time you forgot you took a vacation. <laughs> Did I? Yes, Did it I was the that? one you went to Florida in like February, and you were. It was like like. June or July, you're like, yeah, I'm going to take my vacation. I was like, dude, you did. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I used my week. Yeah. I had forgotten that I was. Yeah, I'd forgotten that I'd used my week. Yes, I don't keep track of that stuff at all. And a case in point, my vacation resets in literally like a week and a half, and I used most of it between last uh, two weeks ago and this coming yeah. week. So, um, either way, I'd I'll take a four day weekend. I'm, I've been living. I've been living the high. I was definitely burned out. <laughs> <laughs> so I realized after my week off and these like couple long weekends, I definitely was a little burned out at work. I definitely let it sneak up on me a little bit. Oh, but so there is some really good news on the work front. So remember, I told you that I was told by our boss, there are some plans to move me into a position I would like a little more than where I am now. Essentially, it's a promotion. Yeah. And um, the contingency on that was we had to get some new people hired through the to program we do. You, basically. Yes. Um, there's actually... There's a, there's, there's a little bit on both sides of this. I'm not sure what's going to happen. So I learned two things because I got to eavesdrop on a phone call, but it was one of those where I called in to dispatch to debrief. And then, uh, it was the woman in the office, the head woman. 
she answered a phone while I was on the phone. The whole like, hey, hang on a second, and then answered mm-hmm. the phone and let me listen to it. So I learned that one of our guys, the only other guy in my department, mm-hmm. uh, is moving to the install team. Yep, because he hates the uh, he hates the maintenance slash service side that involves selling things. Like that's part of my job is to sell people the repairs they need, and he just doesn't like doing that. Yep. He's and so there neither like if I was going to be a yeah. technician, I'd be either HVAC install or plumbing yeah. install. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like that's because you have to have those difficult conversations with people where it's like, here's a I have found this problem. I need a thousand dollars to fix it. And they're like, well, I don't have a thousand dollars to fix it. And it's like, well, then I can't fix it. Yeah. Enjoy having shit on your floor. <laughs> like there's so I get it. Um, So we're so we're kind of in the process of losing him. But I did learn that we the contingency on me moving up was getting people from the program well we do have at least one person in the program right now that should be graduating soon mm-hmm. and coming to us i'd kind of i thought it wasn't going to be this cycle and it's like a six month cycle so i'd kind of planned on it being like a year from now but it might be way sooner oh, that'd be cool be freaking awesome so there's definitely some good news on that front i'm <laughs> i am not excited to um have to like so there's a woman who works in our department and I'm not super in love with like the discussion that's probably going to happen when it comes out that I'm getting promoted, essentially, and she isn't, and she's been there much longer. Um, for anyone who's listening and crying sexism, I don't necessarily think it's because I'm a guy and she's a girl. I think I perform better than her. Yeah, it's definitely not that. And Matt's on the office, so he sees a lot more of the behind-the-scenes stuff. And I, but <laughs> I sense some awkward conversations coming. But I'm really excited. I just want to get demoted again. Yeah, Matt's. I just want to go back to being of to so, delivering parts. So Sarah's getting tired of working where she's working because they. I mean, um, oh, I never, I never told you they didn't actually steal from her. They didn't actually steal. I was from actually going to ask you about that. She did the math, and when her paycheck was a hundred dollars shorter than it should have been, and he had given her a hundred dollars. Gotcha. So that's what it was. It wasn't. He didn't shortchange her all those hours. He realized that. They couldn't cover the full on her paycheck, so they changed it on the paycheck, which is just still gave her scummy. Cash. And they gave her cash, so they did not. They never stole money from her, which gotcha. is what we thought they did. They thought they they had essentially changed her hours and then given her some cash to compensate and paid her essentially half her wage mm-hmm. for those hours. That didn't happen. But her four hundred one k basically, she wanted a retirement fund that's never materialized. She was supposed to be getting a gas card because she's driving so much that never materialized. And there's other things that suck about working yeah. there. And so she wants to quit. And I was like, you should go fucking work for our company. You should just go deliver parts for them. Problem is, physically, I don't even know if she could. Like, the average thing, she'd be fine. Yeah. Delivering a water heater down those stairs and shit. She would be a lot less helpful than most people. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's been a lot of times where, like, without me there, they can't do it. Yeah. It's, I've had, I've had uh, our other guy... I don't know if I ever said his name, but I, um, and I've had a couple of situations where it's like, I need you to help me with this yeah. because if you don't help me, I'm kind of up shit creek. Well, like a good example of this is not every water heater will fully drain before you can, before you have to take a it out. A lot of them won't. So like they weigh three or 400 pounds when you're yeah. getting them out of somebody's basement on yeah. rickety stairs. And even a lot of times if they do fully drain, they're still full of sediment. Yeah. Like they're heavy just because there's no water in there doesn't mean they don't have 20 years of sediment and sand and hard water buildup. So. And even just a brand new empty one still weighs like 80 pounds or something like that, give or take, like a big one. So it is uh, not a job so for like physically we'll get, weak people. We'll get this going here in a second. But um, so this Windows has installed on this and it's ready to go. And 
my this I don't understand why there's a copy of Lightroom on this computer. Lightroom is the photo editing software my father uses, but he's never touched this computer. I don't know why it has a and on this top of that, supposed to be a fresh install. This right? is a fresh wipe. I I removed every partition from this. I have no idea why there's Lightroom on this it, desktop. It doesn't just I which window does it come on Windows? Is that Windows 11? No, 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 no. It's just like the cool thing. Like, this is how you would remove bloatware, for example. So the, if you had bloatware, you buy a new uh, listening. bloatware is when you buy a new computer or a new phone, the apps that come pre-installed, uh, um, uh, uh, Norton is a great example. Yeah. Every computer comes with Norton antivirus. You get three months of antivirus for free. That's considered bloatware. It doesn't necessarily impact the computer negatively, but they just install it for you and the it's encourages you to, to use it. You know, your phone comes with all kinds of apps downloaded for games. And like, I don't want any of this shit. That's called bloatware. The best way to remove a lot of that bloatware, because sometimes, especially on phones, you can't just uninstall it. Like it's like baked in. Yeah. Uh, but if you do a fresh install, it's it's gone. You basically you wipe the hard drive to get a little deep to get a little deeper into it. You don't actually wipe the hard drive, you, you just make it writable again. You make it writable. Which is an important thing if you ever have like an old hard drive that has critically um, uh, important sensitive. Informa- sensitive information on it. Just formatting a hard drive does not remove that information. Like if you go, like if you have your computer and it has, you know, all your bank account information and all your everything, all your passwords and everything, and it's imperative that no one ever gets that. Simply formatting the hard drive does not remove that information from it. Chuck that bitch in your forge. Pretty much, that's uh, the. <laughs> it's not the only way, but it's probably the realistically probably the easiest. The the best way I saw was um, it was I saw I, w- I was watching a YouTube video years and years ago, and it was a it was a center that reclaimed old technology, and the the, the gist of it was they would take this is a great this shitty computer here's a great example they would take old shitty computers as donations and they would sell them to people who don't have a computer for ten bucks. Yeah, it's like a reuse. It's like a goodwill for technology where, and they would like like just all this garbage that nobody cares about, but. Somebody would fucking kill to just have a computer that works. Um, but they would take all the hard drives out and they had it was a big metal spike on a big handle and they would drive a spike through them. Because mm-hmm. as long as you destroy the platters inside of a hard drive, now it can never if those platters can't, it can't spin, spin. Yeah. But that, that's the only way. Like there are there is software that will um it'll it'll write over it and that's a what will remove bunch. it. Yes. Yeah. Essentially it'll 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 unpartition the drive and then rewrite a drive's worth of information on top of it. But the easiest way, and what you should do, if you ever sell a computer and you don't want anyone to have access to your hard drive, and you don't take it out. Yep. Like a new hard drive's like forty bucks. Yeah, and even if you can't, like, let's just, you know, for argument's sake, just literally just keep it in a closet. Yeah, that's yeah, just keep it somewhere. Like it doesn't have but to yeah. go anywhere. Yep, but it's if, not yeah, like it was, they take up a ton of room. Nope. If it, if it was imperative knowing its information, just hit it with a hammer a few times. That's all it takes. But, yeah, formatting your drive does not get rid of that stuff. If somebody wants it, they can get it. Well, yeah, also- I actually had a perfect example of this. Like, I just r- routinely just delete pictures and whatnot. Yeah. When I plugged it in uh, my phone into, sorry, I delete pictures on, like, I save stuff on, like, see, like, cool pictures and whatnot, right? Yeah. And then I will upload it to my computer. So, because I, like, I really like the screensaver that just rotates through images. Yes. And I have just. Oh, I have like 30 on mine. Right. I've got a fucking ton. Yeah. 30 is not even close. Gotcha. I've got a fuck because it's just I like to collect things. Yeah. And I started doing that when I was running out of money because I was like, I can collect pictures. They're free. Yep. Um, And I still kind of do that. Well, mm-hmm. like I plug it in 
and like it's got pictures I've deleted and all they are, it's the same picture. I could still access it. It just has trash beside it. Yep. Like just as a yeah. perfect, like yeah, you've, you've deleted the whole thing, like, it. It moves it to the recycling bin or the trash can. And even if you empty the recycle, like it, the, in, yeah, when you, I'll, I'll, I'll describe how this works and then we'll move on. I promise. When you delete something on your computer and then you empty the recycling bin, all it does is tell the computer you're allowed to write information in that spot. Yep. But until it writes information in that spot, the information is still there. Yeah. And so literally what it takes is like you deleting a bunch of shit on your computer and then downloading a bunch of shit and having it write the information in that same spot. Otherwise, all those ones and zeros are still in order and they still trans they still transfer over into the sensitive image you deleted or the file full of all your bank account numbers in Germany or whatever. Yep. So mine's not sensitive stuff. It's mostly just like medieval knights and shit and like that. Most people, most <laughs> yeah. people aren't. But again, if it ever is important to you, you the hard drive basically has to be destroyed. You know, deck lists before the Pro Tour. Yes. Don't the really get, important yeah, stuff from like 1998. Yeah. Shit like that. Your your OG uh, or your OG uh, top miracles list. Yeah. That you're going to you're going to you're just waiting. Somebody steals it and they're like countertop. <laughs> Dude, the number <laughs> of times I Google a deck on the Internet and it'll pull up an MTG Goldfish deck list from 2015. Uh huh. I don't care what tests looked like 10 years ago. Yeah. What about this week's? Yeah. Can I know what happened in the last challenge, please? Do you know who knows what happened in the last challenge? Who's that? Our patrons, because they have their finger on the magic pulse because they listen to us. Mostly. (laughs) Uh, A huge shout out to Asphalt and Emperor for putting our stuff on Reddit every single week. Thank you guys very, very much. Uh, Also, a shout out to Ramblin' Rogue, Ashley, Eric, Monowolf, Ethan, CJ, Ted, Mumbledown, Rob M, Limit of Questions, Derek T, His Forest, and Jasper. Thank you all. Uh, what they do is they cr- they reach out to patreon.com forward slash cantrip cartel so they can contribute in a very real way to helping the podcast happen every week, helping Matt and I make upgrades like getting new computers, getting new setup stuff, getting new microphones sometimes. Uh, and also for a while there, it was helping us support a local magic scene. So we were that money was going to help uh, support the pioneer scene. And um, it, it really did grow it into a and then Jake bailed pretty on. thriving scene where we were getting, you know, eight to 15 people a week, which is pretty awesome. Um, there's tons of stuff on there. There's play mats, there's t-shirts, everyone, everything gets you into the uh, discord. Uh, we have bonus content. We record every week. If you guys want to check that out, patreon.com forward slash cantrip cartel. But Matt, I believe I'm all wrapped up with all of our pre-show rambling. So how is legacy looking? So the, uh, legacy challenge is what we've got this week. Uh, the top eight doesn't look too bad. So we actually got, very diverse. We've got eight different decks in the top eight, which is it's almost like Lord of the Rings didn't even get printed. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but a very diverse top eight. Yeah, the very the the top eight looks good. The actual the decks that are listed in the metagame summary, and we say this every week, but it's kind of deceptive. It's kind of hard to. I really wish they would get like some shit on here. For example. Uh, like white red initiative is still listed as white red and it's yeah. lumped in with other and it's like guys this has been a deck for like almost a year now oh a long time like, it's been a fucking minute like it's a deck well like the like if a deck can affect legacy so drastically that it it gets a ban then maybe it should have a name maybe on your website we can name it <laughs> And I'm not saying it needs named like cephalid breakfast or it doesn't need some weird obscure yeah. name but we can name it Just, initiative yeah so um, 
we do have some more decks to talk about more than just like three or four uh bowmaster is still everywhere it's the most played creature uh it's not one of the top 10 most played cards listed which is honestly kind of weird oh there it is i just overlooked it it's sixth okay that makes way more sense um so yeah we still got plenty of bowmasters uh the uh, the saturday challenge had a uh, bowmaster was the most played card gotcha 50 percent of decks um, and then so and then down to 35 this one so it's yeah. it's kind of kind of seesawing back and forth and yeah. and it's well it's pretty consistently been in that 35 to 50 percent sometimes yeah. even up to 60 percent range yep. for the top 32 and that's just on sunday yep. well mo- most likely what's happening is it's just like it's getting hit out eventually and so like, we were having this we were having a discussion a, a little bit ago so there's there's a, tangent number four there's a really cool event on um mtg arena right now and i no one that listens to our podcast thinks i'm a fucking arena fanboy but i'm also a glutton for punishment and i do like playing magic I actually do kind of like playing standard too. So I even, I, I hang out on arena a little bit. I, I play every couple days, get my dailies done and I watch um, standard content. They have an, a historic no ban event. So historic is kind of basically everything that's been put onto arena. Yeah. And there's all, I don't think the mocks are legal. Like, cause like technically black Lotus and whatnot exist on there, but everything printed into historic. So I mean, and like brainstorm channel, uh, swords to plowshares, all because the what was that the mystical archive put mm-hmm. a bunch of really powerful cards in there, lightning bolt. Yep, and so it's it's a no ban list. Oko, Teferi, everything, and um, oh, props to Wizards of the Coast, they fucking nailed it. You don't have to own any of the cards. You just, you just play in these this you just, ladder or queue yes, or whatever. It it's is. just a queue. It's just a free queue. You build whatever deck you want. Doesn't matter if you own the cards or not. You don't have to own them for the event. And so I've been playing a ton of it and having a lot of fun playing blue white control because you get swords to plowshares and you get five fairy, three fairy. You get uh, smothering or not smothering tithe. Uh, what uh, what's the one white? Uh, Mana tithe. Uh, memory lapse. Is <laughs> Oko seeing any play? Uh, I've lost to a couple turn three Okos. Yes, um, there is some Oko. Uh, but what we were talking about is. Uh, when it first happened, channel was like the thing to be doing because it was just mulligan to four, turn to channel Olamog. Yeah. Or, you know, Kozilek. Something or, stupid. Yeah. What's the one that comes in exiles two things? I don't remember which one does which, but, yeah. but I know which one you're talking about, but yeah, like, I don't that, remember that was what, the thing. what and their so, names are. And since then, it has taken, from what I, because the games I played, it's taken a pretty, pretty severe turn, downturn in playability. And so like, channel isn't a less powerful card. It just isn't as played because people are prepared for it. Yep. This inbred meta game has affected its play rates. And I, you know, Bowmasters is probably starting to get into that where when you're 30 to 50% of the meta, you're getting a little bit of an inbred meta. And like when, when half of the decks I play against are going to have Bowmaster, it's pretty easy to build my deck with Bowmaster in mind. And now Bowmaster isn't nearly as good. And so less people, so that those, those huge swings are kind of to be expected. Yeah. Well, the, the problem is the floor because we're not even getting down to like, what I would say would be like reasonable percentages. It's like the low point is a third of the decks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tangent to your tangent. Of course. Um, channel has fantastic art from, I think it was Eternal Masters uh, by Rebecca Gway. It's one of my favorite pictures she's ever made. It's fucking really cool. It's the one that's like the woman is like basically like transforming into like leaves. I have seen that. Yeah, okay, to it's about. fucking yep. awesome. Um, it, like I bought a foil of it and I'm just like, I wish I could cast this at some point, <laughs> but I never will because it's basically banned, it's banned or restricted everywhere. everywhere. I would let you play it in EDH. 
I'll let you play that in EDH if you let me play Fast Bond. I actually would prefer Recurring Nightmare over, like, if we each got to pick a card, <laughs> I'd go Recurring Nightmare and Marin over God. channel any day of the Do week. You know how badly I want to play Fast Bond in Tatiova. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. Fast Bond's stupid. It sure is. One of the, like, you don't even have to worry about the life loss. Dude, you just I kind of want to play Mana Bond. <laughs> Mana Bond would be amazing in Tatiova. Mana Bond's legal, isn't it? It is. Okay, yeah. You just I don't just, happen to have one. I just one. don't happen to have one. And gotcha. I was going to say, it's not a shouldn't be super like five expensive. bucks no yeah. it's not that expensive i just never got around to it well and it's one of those things like i don't know if it exists in foil and uh i don't think it does i'm shockingly hesitant to add cards to tatiova that either have abhorrently expensive foils or don't exist in foil because she's really close to foiled out she's really close yeah and i don't want to add more cards that can't be foiled i think it was, looks like it was came out in tempest um i don't i don't think tempest had foiled, did it no, and it's or sorry, it's Exodus. Um, oh, I, I don't know what Exodus is. Just before Tempest. Oh well, there you go. Um, or no, it's sorry, Exodus is after Tempest, but it's still it's old enough, yeah. and I, it's probably on the reserve list because it hasn't been printed since. So it's legal in uh, Vintage Legacy and Commander. So yep, uh, there's probably no foil of it. Probably not. And if there is, like it's just well, and it also probably wasn't one of the ones that like saw enough play to get like a we broke the rules and printed a foil of it yeah. once because oops, like uh, Mox Diamond, uh-huh. <laughs> where they're like, hey, we're gonna throw Mox Diamond in the from the vault. Whoops. So that's a card I do kind of need for Tatio. Yeah, Mox Diamonds, Mox Diamonds, really good, but it's also pretty expensive. Sure is. And uh, when I play the deck, literally once a year, hard to justify spending three or four or five hundred dollars on a foil. So, anywho, tangent, let's, like, rewind our tangents. Yeah, sorry. So, <laughs> we're back to uh, the uh, Legacy Top 8. Um, we've got Red White Initiative, brought home by Cliff Boyardee. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> took me a second to, like, get it. Uh, let's see here. So, what is the big, the interesting things were, like, I'm curious as to how decks are adjusting to Bowmaster. And if there's anything new, that's what I'll be looking for. Mm-hmm. So obviously, if anybody sees something that we miss, feel free to let us know in the Discord or whatever. But that's kind of what I'm curious to see how they're pivoting. Because there's like the couple decks down we're going to talk about. There's a very obvious thing that they've done. Uh, so that's like a bright flashing arrow. I'm curious as to uh, this one. Now, this in particular, like the what I would predict out of like Red White Initiative or these White Weenie decks is to like cut the X ones as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Just so like, cause like with white red initiative, you're not going to care. Like you care a little bit because like you've got some initiative stuff and they do also run Monarch as well sometimes. Yeah. And that could in theory get out of hand a little bit with a properly timed Bowmaster or an unanswered Bowmaster. Yep. So I could see how like you wouldn't want to have, you kind of want to shore up your defenses a little bit. Um. So we've got Archon two, three Simeon spear guides two, two, but not that it matters. Uh, Caves of uh, Chaos Adventures, 5-3, so we're good there. Seasoned Engineer, 3-4, and then Solitude, 3-2. Those are our creatures, all Bowmaster proof resistant. Yeah. Is a pretty decent way to put it. Like Solitude, you could get somebody with a, you know, like if they wait for the Monarch trigger, you could kill their Solitude. Yeah. That kind of thing. But like, you know, you're not killing Seasoned Engineer. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Unless you have more than one uh, Bowmaster. Yeah, if you're doubling up. Yeah. Um, then we've got fourth Aerolingus. So I'm quickly up to a four of with that card. 
yeah, with this in this particular deck, like it's a good, good card. It's something I know. I don't know if we talked about. I think I did talk about it, but it's worth mentioning again how um, how amazing that card is at getting tucked under Chrome Mox and just being a dual land. Yeah. Um, obviously, I mean, it's a good card. You don't necessarily want to tuck, but it's very real utility that you can throw it under a Chrome Mox and just have the another plateau. Yeah. Well, and it's one of those things where like it's actually it's not even necessarily like it's good in the early game, but it's not it's, nearly as good. Yeah, so not it's just like, yeah, good. it can create Monarch. Like, it can put you in a situation to get yeah. the Monarch. But if, a lot of times in the early game, you might not want Monarch to be a thing. Right. So, like, it's it's actually a pretty decent card to tuck under a Chrome Mox. It yep. produces each of your colors. It's better in the late game anyways. Yep. So, uh, then we got the Chalice, Chrome Mox, Lotus Petal, all that kind of stuff. This looks pretty stock as far as white-red goes outside of, like, tweaking some of the creatures. Because, like, they've, it seems like it's Fourth Aerolingus has kind of replaced a creature, um, like a hate bear, basically. Uh, and then we've got like typical lands, shit like that. Uh, I don't see anything new in the side either. So next up, it's listed as Mardu Stoneblade. It's basically black, white Yorion Death and Taxes with Max of the Moon in the side. I saw that. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Um, and again, these are kind of subtle distinctions to draw, but like if it has Rashadden Port and Wasteland and Mom and Thalia and Stoneforge, yeah. like that's death and taxes. Um, yeah, for me, it's like even more than the Rashadden Ports. It's the, it, when I see like Mother of Runes, Thalia, like Mother, Mother of Runes into Thalia, especially with Aether, like Mother of Runes, Thalia, Aether Vial. Like if I see those three cards, I, it's hard. It You're hard pressed to convince me it's not a death, a death and taxes variant. Yeah. Um, and then we we have the recipe. You know, you got recruiter the yeah, guard, Stone even Forge, have the wisps, like yes. we talked about, like, like a week or two ago. This is just it's just death in Texas. Yes, this is good. I'm happy to see it. Um, it's just one of those things. Like, I'm glad it's back again. We've got four bowmasters. We're talking about we're going to talk about this card every week because it's the card that defines the format now. Yeah. Um, but it is nice to see death and taxes back. Death and taxes was like dead mm -hmm. for a while. The deck that was supposed to prey on Delver, on like Delver, yeah. these Xerox decks just died when they eventually the Xerox decks just got too good. Um, let's see, anything cool on the side? We do have two battle, the Battle of Bywater, um, which is relatively new. Obviously, it came out with Lord of the Rings, but it just makes per it's plain to see why it's in here. Destroy all creatures with power three or greater. Mm. It's a one sided Wrath of God. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, pretty good. It's very good. When you're when you're running this pseudo white weenie strategy, oddly enough, a pretty decent part of the book, although it's very late. Um, so eventually, <laughs> another tangent. Sure. I was re-listening to an old episode of the Game Grumps, which I like. Um, they're they're my background, my generic background noise, and fucking Dan was talking about he was reading Lord of the. They were talking about reading Lord of the Rings, and he was like, "Yeah, the first hundred pages can be kind of rough," and he was. <laughs> He was shitting on when they meet. Oh, what's his fucking Tom name? Tom Bombadil. Tom Bombadil. And I was like, fuck you, dude. I kind of like Tom Bombadil. Well, you can like him, but think he's like, well, <laughs> yeah. the flip side, though, is like, that's exactly what I said would happen, happen, though. I was like, just skip that part of the book. Like, that's as far as you got. I, uh, yeah, I got past Tom Bombadil, which yeah. I, 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 I liked him just fine. And then I, what? The last thing I remember is they met the elves in the forest and they were traveling to the tavern. I think they might they they might have gotten to like the town and into the tavern. Yeah. I just and just like that's but like imagine if you cut Tom Bombadil 
and you're allowed to keep the if momentum I got 30 of, page far- farther and you're allowed to keep the momentum of the story now again that's yeah. going to be blasphemous for a lot of lord of the rings fans it's not that i don't like tom bombadil it's just when you're talking about from like a narrative perspective mm-hmm. he's just this hard left turn into wackyville yeah and what you're trying to do at the beginning of that book is build this like tension and sense of danger that like shit's going bad and like you're being chased by these fucking ring wraiths who are literally out to kill him. Yeah. And it's like Tom Bombadillo. And he's and, the opposite of him. And yeah. he's the complete op like he's a hobbit character thrust into Lord of the Rings, and the tone of the Lord of the Rings is totally different from the Hobbit. Yeah. So like uh what I was gonna say though is Battle of Bywater, you may or may not know this, Jake. It's not in the movies and it's not really referenced a lot in like pop culture, but Saram uh Saruman actually mm-hmm escapes so like he like makes his war there's like the battle at um helm's deep and whatnot he escapes the tower after he gets locked in there and he'd been fucking around in um the shire Mm -hmm. like through like cat's paws well they like take over the shire and the hobbits have to like take it back oh so there's a battle that like uh um the uh sam mary and pippin lead Mm -hmm. because they're now like battle-hardened hobbits basically so in the realm of hobbits, they're badasses. Yeah. So they fucking like they lead a revolt. It's called the scouring or the scouring of the Shire. Mm-hmm. That's the chapter. And they had to like kick out all the evil humans. Uh, Saruman gets killed. Um, and that's they had to like free the Shire in the movies. It doesn't happen. Like they mm. just come home and the Shire is untouched gotcha, because okay. the movie's already three hours and 45 minutes long. Didn't have, just didn't have room for it, huh? <laughs> just uh, they don't also didn't have room for Tom Bombadil, and that's yep. one of the most controversial changes from the book to the movie. That like I a hundred percent agree with. Yeah. Like even trying to capture him on film would have just like anyone who's not familiar with it would have immediately almost anyone would have just turned it off. Like what the hell is this? Like it's definitely a very big juxtaposition of yeah. what's going on. Yeah. So it's just like it doesn't surprise me at all because it's there's. There's a lot of buildup because you have to go through like, you know, the party and like there's a little bit of history about hobbits. And uh-huh. like you, it's it's a lot of effectively exposition because then like Gandalf talks about the ring a lot and it's all very interesting stuff. But there's not a whole lot of action basically until they meet up with Aragorn. And okay. then there's some action like Aragorn that's, actually fights off the ring rates. That's what Dan like was that. saying. He's like, just get to Aragorn. Just meet up with Aragorn already. Right. And if you don't do that, then I'll, it. And it was the same thing with me, like when, you, especially when you're younger, like you're just wanting not necessarily fight scenes, but like action, like things to happen. Yeah. And the first, you know, hundred pages of the book, there's not a lot of stuff that happens that's exciting. I get you. Um, so anywho, Battle of the Bywater, decent card. Next up, we have, I'm going to say this, this is not elves. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what you call this, but it is not elves. Even though it's piloted by Testacular, who I'm a huge fan of. He's a fantastic elves player. Yes. Uh, apparently one of the only ones I think still he, like sticking it out. I'm pretty sure he top eighted both days. Did he? I think I saw him post on Twitter that he top eighted both challenges. That's awesome. Congratulations. Which, I mean, to just him. again, Testacular's fucking insane. He's yeah, he's very good. So good at what he does. Uh, but that, this is not an elves list, in my opinion. No. Uh, it does have Allosaurus Shepherd. It has one Allosaurus Shepherd. <laughs> that is the only elf tribal thing you could even say and it's not in here for the elves in my opinion it's in here because it makes most of your shit uncounterable yep particularly natural order you could just ring natural order and green suns and whatnot but no glimpse so this is the deck i was talking about where like this the concessions 
that like quote elves has had to make in order to play in a bowmasters metagame where we've basically cut all the elves except for anything one power yet one toughness or sorry one toughness i'm sorry like you're not totally like that's not totally true but you've definitely we've cut like the the you know like you still got the hierarchs but Mm -hmm. like you're cutting any sort of synergy because you can't have it like synergy doesn't work when any it's kind of that chink in the armor where like okay well if you have a heritage druid and two elves i just kill the heritage druid and now you just have two one ones yep you can't have any of that yep because the, the, the most played card in the format just takes apart your deck yes we also had to cut glimpse because glimpse just kills you or wipes your board like yeah it, you it's, think a one-sided wrath of god is good with battle of the bywater <laughs> wait till it's fucking making a six six and a seven right. seven and an eight eight and a nine nine so we cut out some of those and we're now running chrome mocks because you can't bowmaster a chrome mox. <laughs> like, so we've cut some elves, we've cut the glimpse. I should say we cut almost all the elves. We've cut the glimpse. Yep. Got some chrome moxes for some acceleration. And then we've got one attracts and one crater hoof um in order to swing in for like the actual to actually yep. get a win. The natural order of green sun out. Yeah. So still got the four. Which trails. realistically, like what are the odds you actually can green sun a crater hoof out anymore? It's gotta be low, right? Like that's that's with all the removal running around, it's gotta be hard to keep out like Well, it's just like the the deck just doesn't go wide like that anymore. Well, the like you still have a decent amount of creatures, but like it doesn't go wide in the same sense. So like it's probably not unrealistic to have four out. So if you go cradle cradle, that's probably about the only realm where that's gonna I guess I get that. But like I'm I'm agreeing with you. Like it's yeah. gonna take like you have a cradle. You go into turn one with a cradle or turn four with a cradle and then you have two. Yep. Um, whereas before it was just like, well, I've got a cradle and a heritage druid. <laughs> like, cool. I've got eight mana because I've got a bunch of shit out. So um, this is the first one elves list, pseudo elves list, whatever the fuck you want to call this, that we've seen top eight, I think, since Bowmaster was printed or definitely since it became big. Not necessarily like the first week, like I don't think like it's all play, but it wasn't like everywhere. It took uh-uh. a couple weeks to yeah. get the it got ball its feet underneath it. And then now it's just basically taken over the meta and pushed elves pretty much out of it. I, we were going through it um just to prove my point. <laughs> and I was just like, Well, what percentage does MTG Goldfish have elves listed as? Because it used to be like what, three or four or something like that? Uh it peaked at around five percent on here at the at its height when like blue red delver was everywhere. Um and then it typically speaking runs around two to four percent is what like that's where it was when I started playing Legacy. The two to four percent, it's a very real deck, but it's not in any danger of taking over. And Legacy mm-hmm. has a million decks, right? Yeah. So like even making it up to five or six percent, like you're clearly a tier one deck if you hit five percent, in my opinion, in um Legacy. Like that's fair. I mean, looking at this list, there's only four. Yep. That's um, a pretty good cla- and it's classification. It's of- tempo, death shadow, lands, and painter. Is yeah. what MTG Goldfish. Now that not necessarily representative, but like just to kind of drive the point home a little bit. Uh Elves is at 0.7%. Quite a bit less than it used to be, huh? Yeah. It's effectively not a deck. Uh Burn is at one percent. Goblins is at one percent. Uh Merfolk is at one percent. Stifles and Nick Fit. Everybody jokes around with it. Nick Fit is at one percent, and Elves <laughs> is less than that. Your deck is less playable than Nick Fit. Currently. According to this data. Now, I'm not saying that's necessarily true. That's funny, though. But yeah, like. Well, that was always like I used to. I don't watch as much anymore, but I watched a lot of the Legacy Pit. 
And that was always like the fan favorite recommendation was, oh, play Nick Fit. Put Nick Fit against a deck. Because yeah. it was just fun. It was fun to watch Nick Fit play. Because it's a joke. Yep. Because it's an EDH deck. <laughs> well, it, Nick Fit is, a, is the type of deck that everyone wants to be good. And in theory could be good if it got the right tools. But like that's true of almost any deck, right? Yeah. But like the the gameplay of Veteran Explorer Cabal Therapy is cool. Like it's a cool little synergy, and then like you get to cast stuff. Like a, you get to play basics, mm-hmm. so you're yep. like you're big help. You know, strong against uh, wasteland, which is everywhere. Um, and you get to abuse Veteran Explorer more get, than most other decks, right? And for the most part, I mean, it's really the one of the only decks that even plays it. Yes. Um, there's a couple like other side things, but like well, it's so what I mean is like like you get to play it because most yeah. other decks don't get the benefit yeah, yeah. out of it you are getting. You're you know it's almost it's always going to hit you a couple lands and probably yeah. maybe one against blue red delver yes. anymore it wouldn't get anything. I don't, most of them don't run basic lands, and then you get to cast spells that no one else gets to play because you like you get to cast four to six drops. Yep, and, and actually cast them and play them. And like in fairness, yeah, like. Like, when you can resolve a six drop, it's probably going to win the game. Yeah. Like, when you have decks like Delver that are trying to limp across the finish line with these one and two drops, I mean, don't don't look at Merktide. But, yeah, you know, like, before Merktide, yeah. But, like, and you get to be like, I'm going to slam Titania or Gitrog Monster. Well, it's like, yeah, those cards are going to produce an, an unreasonable amount of advantage if you can make them happen. So, like, where Elves is below that. <laughs> so, anywho, uh, next up we've got... I wonder if it counts this as Elves. It does not. Okay, okay, good. Are you are you at seven? Are you at point seven percent with this deck also counting into your numbers? And to be fair, it shouldn't. This is not an elf deck. This no, is no, a natural no, yeah. order deck. Yeah, it definitely shouldn't. Um, it's closer to Maverick than elves, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not a Maverick deck. It's just closer. It's way closer on that end than it is on the elves end. Um, next up, we've got uh, Tamir Cascade. So we've got Crashcade here. Uh, go through this one pretty quickly just to see if there's anything new like new in the past couple weeks obviously we've got Lorian revealed um i don't think this looks almost identical to the every other time i see it i've been playing that on uh, the no ban event in blue white control it's a really good card Lorian revealed oh it's a really good card to be like hey it's turn two i'm just gonna go to hallowed fountain and then like oh it's turn six i'm just gonna draw three cards yep what are you doing nothing you're still in top deck mode draw three cards great cool so i win right yep cool or I'll be playing as people and like they they go with the the classic strategy of I'll beat the control deck by not casting any spells for them to counter. It's like cool. Draw three. Yep. <laughs> you got me. Sucker. <laughs> oh my God, I love watching a freaking Grixis deck or a, a, a Rakdos deck just be like, I'm just gonna skip turns three, four, five, and six. And it's like cool, land go. This is That's exactly where I want to be. I, I would very much like to start the game on turn seven, please. Yeah. I just fucking love it, man. I'm not going to cast any spells to get countered. That's okay. Well, like, <laughs> you kind of have to do that to some degree. Like, you have to have a... You have to force stuff through. You do. So you don't just go, every turn I'm going to play something, because yeah. we're each drawing a card, you'll probably draw a counter, I'll draw a creature, don't and you're Don't run face first into it. Right. But, like, you don't get to take these turns off. Nope. Because guess what? The counters but are it, still sitting in his hand. There's a cost. <laughs> there's a very real cost. Yeah. Now, and I, I take it back. Everyone do that. It's a great strategy against control decks. Sure is. Um, next up, we've got Grixis Reanimator. Uh, this is basically like we've got a couple shallow graves, which have been popping up a little bit now and then. But I mean, it's basically. Just I mean, if we're going to say that's the Grixis Reanimator because it has a show and tell. Right. Like well, we, we didn't we had the show and tell juke. Yeah. 
Like so. it's black, red, reanimator with a show and tell juke in the side. The uh, the rest of it though is pretty suck. Other than that, shallow grave, which is seems like it's becoming yep part of the list. I think it's becoming a little more prevalent because you have these cards like Atraxa and uh, um, Archon of Cruelty that they don't necessarily ETB and end the game as much. Yeah, like because like Grizzlebrand ETBs and ends the game, but like Archon and Atraxa they don't and so like i'm not worried about you know force like dedicating a bunch of it forcing it through and trying to hold on to it because the tracks is sitting there doesn't necessarily end the game as much it doesn't but if i can just sneak it in especially if i can sneak it in with it with a block you know get it in draw my cards gain the seven life like that'll get me going well especially with something like archon where like archon just coming in is good but archon coming in and attacking the same turn can be backbreaking because like you get its effect twice so it's like it's like a one-sided wrath of god plus take 12 yeah like yeah and it's it's the beginning of the next end step so you get to end of turn flash it in attack with it and yeah. then oh now now it's exiled darn yeah but yeah like the the seven the the six for one is that what it would be because it comes in and let's say they sack a thing well you do and discard card. a card well, no yeah it's just one it kind of depends on how you define the archon itself because you probably had to spend a card to get it into the it's true it's true so like realistically it's two cards because you got to the reanimate yeah. spell and the dump spell, and you're so, and you're drawing two. Yeah, you're doming them for ten, no, for twelve. Yep, and they're discarding two and losing two things. Very good. So four for a four for no. So depending yeah. on how you count well, the life is, loss. Well, but the two that you the two that you use to get it, you draw those cards. I'm down to zero, so it's a zero for four. Yep. If you if you can get them in a bad spot where they they lose two things and discard two cards, plus the damage, plus twelve, plus more than half yeah, of their life total, good. um, <clears throat> and that is one of the worst creatures to do it to. So let's see, uh, nothing new in the side. It looks like other than obviously the show and tell pivot. Yep. Then we've got Death Shadow, which we won't spend long on because we spent basically the entire episode last yeah. week talking about it. Blue black is back. Yeah. Which that's that's one of the frustrating things about this is like I fucking love black as a color. Not like when I scroll through here and I see mono black actually listed and it's doing well. Not very few things make me happier than that yeah. from like a metagame perspective. Uh huh. It just also comes with this nonsense. Yep. And I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. So, um, like I said, it's Death Shadow. We've got it's just basically the same list. We've got an extra brazen borrower. Yeah, we we saw a little but, bit like the numbers we didn't play with a little yeah, bit the last numbers week. Get tweaked. Um, I don't see anything particularly cool in the side. Mm-mm, not really. I do the the Palantir of Orthonk. Uh, I'm kind of happy plays. that Carly that has kind of like found a steady home in Legacy because that's a cool card. I it like is. I like the decision trees that card forces where it's like because it's kind of fun. I played against it. I was playing I think Historic or something, but I was I was playing against that card. And I am just so much like, absolutely not. You may not draw a card. Yep. I will absolutely die by the Palantir before <laughs> I let you draw a fucking card off of it. So nobody, I nobody ever chose me when they cast Combustible Gear Hulk. Yep. Cool. I'll just take fifteen. I don't Next. care what it is. <laughs> I don't care if you put. I don't care if you put Emrakul on top. The answer is no. You may not draw three cards. Although 
depending on the circumstances, if you put the Emrakul on top, I'll probably force you to draw the card because you don't want that card in your hand. Well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be... But yes, I get your point yeah. where it's just like, I will take 20 in an EDH game so that you don't get so to you draw, draw three cards. Yeah. Fuck you. Like, 100%. 100%. <laughs> well, it was like that game where you, you were so pissed, but it was that game where I made you kill me with the Aetherflux Reservoir because like you just had it sitting on 50 and I'm like, I'm not doing this target your ether flex uh-huh. reservoir. well i guess i'm killing you okay then yeah. but your ether flex reservoir is gone yeah well, everybody it, else figures it, it out. put me like to four yeah i was at like 54 <laughs> yep. and i was like let's just let's just keep this over here as an emergency stop so no one can just win the game and matt's like fuck you no <laughs> you and don't like, get to dictate the we, this game we both lose now <laughs> sure <laughs> But the thing is, I lose anyways, because at any point, if I, I go to guess. win. But he's, he's like, well, let Mike win. <laughs> or try to win. He'll probably go for it. Well, it's it's the thing I've always said. I may not win, but in order to kill me, you have to use, I'm not going to just let you beat yeah, me. Yeah, no, it's the right way to play. Yep, it's just cool. I, you never, let him, never let him hold a game hostage. Yep. Hell no. So it's like, well, I drew the disenchant. I guess it's me. I remember exactly that day. <laughs> you were so pissed. It's like, why we are we doing this? We argued about it for like 20 minutes. Why are we doing this? We don't have to do this, Matt. <sighs> I have to use it if you're going to kill it. You know that, right? I have yep, to and use it. I have it. to kill it or eventually you'll use it. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, anywho, uh, I, next. Go ahead. I, so tangent number nine. I've been getting back into chess a little bit. I like watching chess and it always amazes me how else I'll, uh, like I've seen them do this with, uh, now like with Magnus Carlsen, who is, you know, arguably and not by me, but by people, the world, the best chess player that's ever lived. And like, they'll show him a board state and he'll tell them, Oh, that was a game I played against so-and-so in 2004 in Germany. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's how good they are. They, they'll see, nine pieces on the board and go, oh, that's right. That was um, 2010 at the open tournament in um, in South America we went to. I can kind of get it because you can, you, can, you can describe a lot of like crazy complex things like, oh, I remember I, that happened like four years ago. We were playing Magic mm-hmm. and I remember that. So I obviously he takes it to 10 yeah. levels up, but I get the premise of like when you live and breathe something, you can kind of remember this like obscure, really random situation. Remember that one time? Yeah. Yep. I do remember that one time that I won the game because I, you know, had to blind flip a card and I got lucky and flipped the right one or whatever. Well, that that happened with that fucking, I was playing arcades once where there was like, we were, I was dead next turn. And it was uh-huh. like, unless this card right here is greater of, yep. I lose. And I just, Flipped it and it was fucking crater hoof in an EDH game. Yep. Had a one in card deck. 75 chance. <laughs> Just okay. Well, I guess it's crater hoof. I fucking hate Arcady so much. <laughs> I'm gonna play two mana five fives to draw a card. <laughs> Fuck off. Card's stupid. It's so fun. It's good. I'm gonna spend one mana Dude, for this four four that draws a card. I've been I had been making trying to make rolling stones a deck, which is just an enchantment that allows walls to attack. Yeah. Since middle school. Well, when they spoiled Arcades, I was like, it is fucking <laughs> on. They helped you, that's for sure. <laughs> well, then, what uh, the earlier version of that was uh, Doran, the Siege Tower, yes. which was a Loran, where it was just like, they're not technically walls, but like they're tree folk. They're effectively walls. Yep. And what they did in that was they, like, it was a bunch of tree folk that cost one, two, or three that had like five to seven power mm-hmm. and like zero, or five to seven toughness and like zero, zero power. power. Yep. So, like, that was just so much fun to fucking play. Yep. 
Because just like it just the defenses are up, and then guess what, motherfucker? Not to mention Doran himself at the time was a fucking three mana five five, which yeah. was nuts. Like Yeah, it's pretty pretty bonkers. Really good. Um, all right. So seventh place. Now that we're done tangenting. <laughs> we're not done. Well, that, that tangent's done. done. Cephalid Breakfast. A deck that actually has a name. <laughs> um, yeah. Unlike the other half of the <laughs> unlike blue red initiative. Yeah. <laughs> Gener- uh, or generic white red. Yep. Um, so let's see. Is there any changes to this that we... I don't see anything in here particularly innovative for this week. Other than just, you know, Cephalid Breakfast is a very powerful combo deck. Oddly enough, not the best against Bowmasters. With how much cantripping it does. How much churning through a deck it wants to do. It does play... It is kind of forced to play into Bowmasters kind of heavily. Yeah. You just have to find your combo. Yep. But in, in its defense doesn't really matter how big your fucking army token is <laughs> just when you're cool, dead. You got an eight, eight. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have no library. Yeah. And uh, I win the game. Yeah. I don't even have to pass. <laughs> just game's over, dude. Uh, and then anything in the side. I don't see anything mm-hmm. new in the side either. This looks like all like this sideboard is just the generic legacy. Good stuff. Wrap it up with a, with a, with a, with a town favorite. Yep. Hey, look, it's Grixis Delver. And if by Grixis Delver, I mean, blue red Delver with, <laughs> Bow with masters. orcish bowmasters yep sure is anything new here any i don't see anything like any mm-hmm. pivots or anything like that in the main price of progress back in the side is kind of cool love seeing that card yeah i like i said that was one of the cards i would love to see in modern i think it'd be a great addition to modern yeah um well potentially. Boy, it'd make, although it'd make burn a lot better well it'd make burn a lot better i don't know if i want more good red cards in modern currently i don't know like the there's a lot of moving pieces. It's hard to just say like it will be like yeah. for sure a positive thing. I'd be interested to see it. It'd be I'd love if they would tinker around with those things where they're like, hey, we're gonna print price of progress in modern, and if it's a problem, like an actual problem, well, we're like, just gonna ban it. Just do, just do an event on MTGO. That's not. It's all it takes. I, I mean, I get that you wouldn't have. You probably wouldn't have fifty thousand games played in a week like a modern, you know, a modern chat or not modern, like a modern league. But like you could just host host a free event. Hey, for the next month. You can play modern for free, and these ten cards are legal. Yep, on top of what's currently. And let's just yeah. see what the fuck happens. And like, if it becomes a degenerate mess, first of all, just if it's a weekend, it's a degenerate mess. Ban some of them. Just remove some. Hey, we're we're you know, this is a public test region. We're just taking some things in, putting putting other things in, taking them out. That's all it takes. Yeah, I know. And you would get again. You probably wouldn't get the chat. You know what a what a league gets, but you would get so well, you many could data filter points. out some bullshit. Yeah, like. You, could, like, you would get so many data points. And it's it's cool, too, because, like, you could do that with banned cards or you can just new cards. Like like I said, like, Price Progress isn't banned. It's just not in Modern. Yeah. But, yeah, it's Grixis Tempo. I'm done talking about this deck, to be perfectly honest. And Underground Sea has caught up on MTG Goldfish <laughs> price to the cent. So I... <laughs> That's uh, weird. I will, oh, I will jump into that. I'm not going to particularly hate on Grixis because it did not own the meta this week, so... No, well, but it's I am, just owned the past three years. Well, so. I am not enjoying talking about it. I do try to be the 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 other voice where it's like, I'm not this week. It, it's okay. It's it's like nine percent of the meta. It's fine. Well, just, yeah, that's 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 not what I meant. It yeah. was we've talked about we've this. Talked deck. About it. We talked it to death. To death. Like there's nothing left to say. Everyone knows what it is. It's the exact same deck, but now it has an additional creature. Correct. Cool. Um. So meta game summary: other thirty four point three eight percent eleven decks. Uh. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff mixed in here. So you've got um, like that 
pseudo elf deck in here. You've got some Jeskai control lists in that here. That reanimator deck. Uh, the reanimator deck's going to be in here, but you also do have more some of the uh, blue-black decks as well. You have so. you have Dragon Stompy, but it's blue red because it has Archive Trap. Yep, yeah. There's a couple of those. I guess it's not really Dragon Stompy because it's got Punishing Fire too. Yeah, there. there well, there's a couple. So like, fifteenth place is red. It's just literally just that's all it is. And twenty first is Mono Red Prison. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at like the differences, Lotus Field, yeah, like fundamentally, happen. like there's some there's some differences. You know what I mean? Yeah, nothing but, like crazy. If you look at those lists, they're effectively doing the same thing. Although I guess the red one is just more planeswalkers than creatures. So mm-hmm. like in the strictest sense, it is a different deck. But like it's still Ancient Tomb, City of Traitors, Mountains, Blood. Uh, this is running Blood Sun instead of Blood Moon, Frenosphere, well, Ensnaring Bridge, Chalice. Like, you know why? Well, it turns off Ancient Tomb. It turns off your taking damage of Ancient Tomb. There's plenty of like. Does, a, isn't that the one running Lotus Field? Yeah. Well, that's the, like it's it's to get its own things. It, yeah, it turns Lotus Field off. Yeah. So, Lotus Field still makes three mana, but it does it ETBs it, untapped and doesn't make you sacrifice any yeah. lands. On top of it makes Ursa Sagas go away. That card's awesome, and it does hit City of Traders as well. So you yeah, can, you get to keep your cities of traders. Yeah, you like get to it, you get to power them out and keep the lands that powered it out without yeah. any downsides. Yeah, you can go turn one Blood Sun with a City of Traders and a Lotus Petal and just keep playing the game. Yep. So, but the flip side is it doesn't nearly as it doesn't hurt your opponent nearly as no, much. no, no, and it's not that it's not nearly as consistent when you have all these lands that are kind of bad without Blood Sun. You've only got four Blood yeah. Suns, and it is a three mana enchantment. It does. Fuck fetches up pretty quickly. Like, it does. Like if you're playing against something like yep. a Delver list that is reliant on the fetches, if you can get them, you can get them. Oh, yeah. Now, if they just go volcanic, underground sea volcanic, you're not doing anything to them. Yeah, but if but... they have two fetches and some ponders mm-hmm. in their opening hand and you go turn one blood sun, they're yep. in deep shit. Yep. So um so the other decks, uh Grix is tempos three, lands is three, ad nauseum is two, then we've got some cascade, uh just a ton of one ups. About 10 one-ofs, looks like. So, um, and there's probably some duplicates duplicates in there as well. So, uh, let's see. Most played cards, uh, Swords, Brainstorm, Force of Will, Ponders, Surgical, and then Bowmasters, Thoughtseize, Petal, Force of Negation, Simeon, Spirit Guide. So, again, a little better than it was last the last couple weeks, but sure. Top Creatures. The one thing I will say because I don't want to just be negative all the time as far as like the creatures go. This is this week is a little bit of a reversal of the like it's only things in modern nonsense. Mm-hmm. There's still some stuff in here, but like you do have I mean part of the reason is just these fucking um the elementals like four am I looking at the, uh grief's not on there. So three of the five are in the top creatures. So you got fury, solitude and endurance. Grief is also seeing a lot of play. The only one that doesn't see any play in Legacy is Subtlety. Yeah. Uh, starting to see plenty of play in Modern. Uh, then we got Murktide and Caves, uh, the Chaos Adventurer. So, top spells, Swords, Brainstorm, Force Will, Ponder, Surgical. They're basically the same list, but without Bowmaster. I do love seeing Swords in first place. Yeah, it's cool. Pretty I cool. Uh, um, There's probably a reason for that. <laughs> Who are we to say? <laughs> well, I, can, I am. I am saying <laughs> there's a reason for that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, just about it with Legacy. All righty. Let's do a quickie on Modern this week because we're already getting a little long and we still have that Patreon exclusive episode to record. So we do have a Modern Challenge this week. Uh, bringing it home in first place, Toon Doslav. Toon Doslav. Toon Doslav. 
whatever. Uh, brought it with Yogmoth combo. Uh, one of my probably favorite combo decks in modern right now. Uh, that all being said, not much going on here except for the new Orcish Bowmasters and occasionally a ring. Uh, this list this list opted out of the one ring. Instead, just the four card of callings with the Eldritch Evolutions to go with the huge creature suite. Um, and I guess the only other thing worth noting we do every week, uh, this does have Hapatra in it, the Vizier of Poisons, to go with the single blood artist instead of Garolf's Messenger or Garolf's Messenger. Um, with all of those little caveats, Matt, do you see anything going on in here? No, like I said, got that delighted halfling. Mm, yes, yeah, the new delighted halfling, which was—I mean, it was an auto. Yeah, it was an auto. Include, yeah, it was an auto include, um, now, I mean, in fairness, there are a lot of pips in this deck that the delighted halfling doesn't help cast, but it's a mana dork that doesn't die to Ren and Six or Bowmasters, and makes your Yogmoth uncounterable, and makes Yogmoth uncounterable, and Sheldred for that matter. I guess. Yeah. I guess I guess I don't know how often they run the one of Sheldred. I might have overlooked that one. So we do have one of Sheldred in here. Um, it's just another a four mana bomb for the end I, of the if, game. If I remember correctly, it's pretty common. Nice thing is, is it does work well with uh, Yogmoth counteracts the life loss there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and that's you life. In fact, there's some decent synergy there. It makes sense that they would run it, and it's also just a fantastic card against uh, the ring as well. Yeah, so. makes the ring uh, pretty painful. Yeah. You thought Bowmaster shut the ring down. Try <laughs> Elder's pretty good. <laughs> I'm going to draw four. Take eight. Um, but nothing else much going on there except huge credit to bringing that home. Next up, we do have kind of a more niche deck, Thopter Combo. So Azorius, uh, Azorius Artifacts with the Sword of the Meat Combo and uh, Urza, Lord High Artificer. We've seen this deck a couple times over the last, you know, handful of months. It pops in and out. It's, it, I think it pops up in the top 32 relatively often. It just doesn't pop into the top eight very often. Um, it's kind of an all-in combo. There's not a ton of stuff going on with this deck if it's not comboing you out, which is probably one of its weakest points. Like, it's, I, I mean, like, Ingenious Smith can't kill you. It's, you know, it's it's a 2-2, two, two, or it's a 1-1 one, one that gets pretty big pretty quick. It's a plus-one, plus-one counter pretty much every turn, every one of your turns, but... Mm -hmm. You know, like the idea that you're going to beat them to death with Ingenious Smith or, I mean, have even Stoneforge going and getting Cauldra complete. Like, that is not a reliable strategy to win the game. Yep. The pl game plan A is to uh, combo off. Yeah. And I mean, like, like, and that's like. And to buy time to combo yeah, off. Yeah. Yeah. Plan B is buy time. Plan C is buy time with another way. And then plan D is, well, I guess I'll beat him to death with Urza Saga and Ingenious Smith. Um, but they obviously, they definitely can't happen. Uh, we do have two one rings picked up in here. Makes sense. All the huge artifact synergies, ways to go get artifacts, ways to use artifacts. So it makes sense to go pick up uh, a couple of those one rings, some of the best draw spells you can get. Uh, well, again, all that. Is there anything you see in here that's jumping out at you? Sideboard doesn't particular. look that interesting either. Uh, biggest thing here is you do have your three solitudes tucked in the side for those creature matchups where it's going to really matter. Uh, but yeah, don't see much. Two path to exile. So you have... The option to bring in a total of five, six uh, removal spells, six swords to plowshares, sort of, mm -hmm. um, for those creature matchups when buying time just isn't going to be good enough. Yeah. Don't see too much going on there, though. Uh, third, we have that legacy deck they they brought into modern, Crashing Footfalls. <laughs> uh, three, Subtlety. <laughs> so, such a far cry from, remember back in the day when we were like, oh, look, they're trying out one or two Subtlety here or there. kind of makes sense. Up to three Subtlety. They cost 25 bucks a piece now. 
uh, with two Bonecrusher Giant, and then the rest of the uh, Cascade package you expect to see with Cascade, uh, including the four Lorien revealed. Lorien, is it Lorien or Lorien? Lorien. Lorien. Okay. Uh, and then the sideboard has a bunch of stuff we're pretty used to seeing. Picking up those two commandeers again. Just to, again, I, as far as I can tell, it's funny how many people are running commandeer and we all admit that it's probably a terrible card, but it takes the ring. Sure does. And like, well, I mean, and the cards don't matter if you take the ring. The cards don't, as I was saying, the card disadvantage really isn't important if I have a one ring. Not to mention, the card disadvantage also doesn't matter. It matters, but it's like, if I don't take this and they get the ring, yeah, I'm the, down way more cards than yeah. if I just cast commandeer. Yeah, because I, yeah, the <clears throat> the whole, like, yeah, the ring becoming a 12 for one doesn't, yeah. It's a lot worse <laughs> for you than just pitching a couple cards for commandeer. So. Uh, but nothing crazy going on in these lists that I can see. Yeah, breezing through here, not a whole lot going on. I, we do have mono black coffers popping up in fourth place, and this is the deck. I've heard a lot of people talking about that new card, Beseech the Mirror. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's um one black black black. You search your library for a card, and you exile it face down. Then if you bargain it, so you can sacrifice when you cast it, you can sacrifice a token, artifact, or enchantment. If you pay its bargain cost and the card you search for costs four or less, you get to play it for free. And so I heard a lot of people talking about um, playing it in mono black coffers, especially because uh, black, black, black is a pretty steep casting cost. Like that's, we talk about that all the time with these cards. Like Orcus Bone Masters is a great example. Like if Orcus Bone Masters was black, black, it would be a very different card yeah. than one in black. And so, <clears throat> um, like, what do you think though about trying to fit a, Something like something like Beseech the Mirror in a deck like this. Because it I was and this isn't my argument. I was watching Aspiring Spike today even. And he was talking about it. And like, well, like it's it seems like it's a great place to put the card. Obviously, it's just a I mean, the deck has the mana usually to spend four mana on a tutor. It's okay with that. Um, it has some cool cards to go get, like Sheldred, Karn the Great Creator, uh, the One Ring. It gets all those things, slaps them right into play. But you have to have something to sacrifice. And they're like the only thing that this deck can sacrifice would be like what Orcish Bowmaster tokens, uh, maybe your Relic of Progenitus. Yeah, the, so that's the trick. Is like the question to me is whether like how much damage you're going to do to your game plan by swapping in maybe another card mm -hmm. to make it worth getting. So like, like, so like you don't think like as it sits, we're not playable. But we're you think we're in the like, territory of like like looking at this list. I don't think there's enough to support it. I could be wrong. And to be fair, maybe you could like with this list, you'd have Bowmaster, Relic, technically the One Ring, and like you could maybe chuck in a couple artifact lands that just come into play tap. Like oh, some the indestructible ones. Yeah, the indestructible ones. Like you could chuck in maybe a couple of those that. I don't know how badly that hurts you. I don't, th this deck doesn't look like it plays super heavy on turn one. Um, you wouldn't want a ton of them. I probably wouldn't even run four, maybe, but maybe like two just to kind of give you enough to like get uh -huh. over that hump. Um, but like, it feels like you'd need another artifact in here to really make it worthwhile. And the problem is, is like you start running bad cards to make your, tutor better and like at some mm. point you're just like you'd be better off just drawing the next card like if your average card quality was just better you'd be just better off top yeah. decking um now that being said the deck does run profane tutor so like clearly having tutors yep is, is worth having in this deck 
Yeah. So like, there like, are different types of tutors oh, and they do sure. different things. I mean, half the time that I see profane tutor get cast, it goes and gets another, like it goes and gets Urborg or it goes and gets, and gets co- another, another coffers. Yeah. yeah. Like that's what you're tutoring up. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Like realistically, you don't want to spend four mana to go do that when, especially like if the card you really want to tutor out is Cabal Coffers, mm-hmm. uh, Expedition Map does a great job of that. <laughs> like compared to this, yeah. the, the, what, what was the card called again? Beseech the mirror. Beseech the mirror. Yeah, that's right. So, like, it seems like the card Beseech the mirror is probably good enough to test and see if it's worth putting in certain decks. This particular list, I don't think I would run it at least more than like a one or two of. Like, I could see a one of. Because, like, at that point, it's just like, hey, look, it's the one ring number five. Yeah. Sure. The cost is low. The cost is low. Like, if you have one in there, and you have Bowmasters, and you have Relic, and technically the one ring, because a lot of times, not a lot, but, like, one of the lines is going to be, my one ring is going to kill me or is starting to cost too much life. Yep. Chuck my one ring to get another ring, get protection, and then start I mean, the train over again, right? Or anything else. I mean, like, yeah, I, yeah, I see like, you're you, getting there. You can, there's times you want to pitch the one ring. Yep. So, like, you can yep, kind of sure. count that as maybe a couple. And I believe uh, with Beseech the Queen, you get to cast it. So you're also getting the cast trigger of the one ring where you're you invent protection from everything for a turn. So um, the card, just looking at it, seems decent enough to give it a shot. Now, costing four and not just like dominating a game by itself and having hoops to jump through Mm -hmm. is one of those things where it's like modern is a pretty powerful format. So that's a big hurdle to jump over. Yeah. So I don't know, but, and the, the three black pretty much, in my opinion, re, I mean, it's intentional, but it really narrows the field of potential decks that that card. I wonder, could Yawgmoth play it, you think? I, that was the first thing that came to my mind. The problem is they don't actually have a ton to sacrifice to get. So like, cause it can't be any creature. It has to be a creature token. They don't actually really I think it has run to be any, any token or yeah, it has to be any token. Like, but county, like the county garden makes a plant token. Yeah. But like, that's about it. And they don't yeah. really run any artifacts or enchantments. Like realism, we're looking at multiple decks that need like severe changes. Yeah. To really take this take advantage of this. I could card. see something like maybe Witches Oven style decks running it. Mm, like they're yeah. pretty heavily in black. There's they're gonna have no issue at all. Um yeah. having something having to, to bargain. Yep. So like at that point, you're like, well, this basically is just yeah. pay four was, mana, play a card out of my deck. Like I think that de- I was really excited to play with that in uh in Pioneer. Because mm-hmm. Pioneer has the Rakdos Sack deck, which is all about yeah. artifacts and tokens. Uh-huh. Like, and just fuck. And like, there aren't many four of four drops in the deck, but one, it goes and gets uh, the Mayhem Devil, which is one of your best cards. And also, just put some four drops in there. And then also, like, Rakdos Midrange in Pioneer. Yeah. Like, because it usually runs um, Blood Tithe Harvester. So you have blood tokens lying around. Uh, it'd be pretty easy to squeeze in some more artifacts to take advantage of it. Well, and that, at that point, like, I start looking that like that almost like a green sun zenith that you have to that's not quite as flexible with the mana cost. Mm-hmm. So I go, okay, cool. If I'm playing this Rakdos sacrifice deck, I'm gonna put four of these tokens in, and then I'm gonna put in a couple like silver bullets or like one of yeah to be like, oh, I really need sheltered right yep. now. <laughs> yeah, if shit hits the fan, I can go get this one of or it. maybe start building your sideboard around it so it's kind of like a black carn. Yeah, where like. I just run these cards and then on games two and three, like I swap in cards that I can just find yeah. with this and just cast on the spot. Yep. And even like, and there's also like, like I said, it's also just a bad demonic tutor. Yeah. It's a diabolic tutor. Yeah, like at, it just, at its worst, it's diabolic tutor. It's four mana. Go get the cards you need. Yeah. 
Because it doesn't have to be for CMC or less. Yeah. You, you only get to cast it for free if it's four or less. Yeah. That's the sweet spot, basically. Yes. So. Which happens to be like things like now, like Sheldred or maybe Chandra, the four mana Chandra in Pioneer. And then yeah. in Modern, you get things like the One Ring and Yogmoth and mm-hmm. things like that. But yeah, I think to me personally, because um, I'm actually, I was surprised. Like it makes sense with Court of Calling and whatnot because it's instant and you, it's got Convoke. But like Diabolic Intent not seeing play in this deck kind of threw me off. Like I figured mm-hmm. that would for sure be in here. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's it, it's I don't interesting. I I mean, I'm I'm kind of eager to see what else. I think people are giving it a lot more credit than it deserves. It's a powerful card, but it's also four mana, and like I I've always been pretty skeptical of a four mana card in general in competitive Magic, at least modern and legacy and whatnot. And we've seen what it takes for a four mana card to be really good. It needs to be one of the best card draw spells ever printed. Well, currently Jace sees no play. Yeah. So like zero. Yeah. Like, I get this goes and gets the ring, but you're just opening yourself for a two for one. Anytime you're having to mold your deck around something to make a card better, it's probably not as good as you think because there are going to be a lot of games where you don't draw the thing and you're just drawing you're just bad, cards. bad cards. Yep. Yeah. Like the best case scenario, man, this card, it's perfect. It makes a thing and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but if you don't draw Beseech the Mirror, it's just a bad version of another card you could be running. Yeah, it's either less efficient or less powerful. And you've only got four Beseech the Mirrors, and you're playing in a Force of Negation or Force of Will format. So, we'll see. I mean, and at that point, the funny thing is, it's like you just, they go, okay, I'm going to bargain up Beseech the Mirror. Well, guess what I'm going to, I'm more than happy to pitch, Force Pitch. Yeah, cool. We're even on cards. Relatively even. And I'm up on four mana. Sweet. Yeah, we'll take it. Cool. That seems like a win to me. Yeah. Fucking time walk you. (laughs) Like... Uh, in the sideboard here, sorry, still on this mono black coffers deck. Bounce back to it. Um, nothing really going on in the main board. Sideboard doesn't have that much interesting in it either. Uh, just a bunch of like really expensive, uh, Karn wishboard targets. Mm-hmm. Go get. Up next, we've got uh blue red Delver. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, is it Merktide? Yep. Same deck. Yeah, same deck. Uh, this one gets to have Ragavan. Uh, <laughs> now, what do you think about this though? So down on two Ragavan, I'm guessing. To make room for uh, this really weird card that nobody said would get played, preordain. Yeah, right. This this card that is just it's just worse than consider, isn't it? I was told I was I was told avidly that preordain is just worse than consider, especially in a Merktide deck. Yep. Now I I did um I'm gonna anyone who watches Aspiring Spike, I'm going to steal his argument because I think it's very funny. Uh, I did go home though and I, I got my calculator out and I was doing the math and I did I did find that uh, two cards is way more than one card. 100% more. And I think I is it was a full 100% more than one card and that might be kind of why preordain is way fucking better than consider. It's way better than consider. I know. Like that, that whole couple days just was like <laughs> Did everyone just take stupid pills? <laughs> like, have you never fucking played? And like and, I said, joins reanimator Discord. Are we playing preordain? No, it's worse to consider. Leaves Discord. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing interesting to oh, say here. Man, the the so the one thing I wanted to talk about about this type of deck that we didn't really discuss was Dreadhorde Arcanist. Yeah, and I don't know if anyone's testing that or not. Aspiring Spike is playing a fuck ton of Arcanist. But like that was like one of the first things I said when we were talking about it. It was like, yep. hey, 
And especially now with Bowmaster everywhere, like yeah, Bowmaster. Well, so there's also lives through a Bowmaster. So he's been playing a ton of Arcanist. Um, I believe he, I was watching him play a deck today, which the deck did poorly on stream, but he said did better off stream. So you know, six and one, yep. half a dozen in the other. Uh, but he cut Ragavans for it. Well, that's like he trimmed on Ragavans for Dreadhorde Arcanist and relevant cards to go with it. Yep. Um, another thing, I, I I can't. It's not cast into the fire, but there's a one mana shock that gives you. Um, attempts you mm -hmm. and he was really abusing that as well and it was there were several instances with the dreadhorde arcanist, the to dreadhorde buff arcanist. His arcanist. it doesn't buff the arcanist it shocks but it gives it um, well i mean using the tempting to like doesn't the tempting make a creature makes it unblockable that's what i mean so you go it's, ahead it, we, sorry when you said buff i assume you meant like because you want to if you were to yeah. buff dreadhorde you get you could cast more spells no, no no but you make the dreadhorde your ring bearer so that's way harder to block right so you can just you can keep throwing it into situations and then especially once you get to you know uh ring level four which is a little easier when you're double casting all of your temp spells because he was also playing uh birthday escape which is one blue draw a card the ring tempts you gotcha like now dreadhorde hits for four because mm -hmm. whenever whenever now Dreadhorde, it's actually a real threat it's a real threat on top of it still doing its thing and on top of like if they play a a four or five tarmogoyf i'm still i can attack with my one three into it, it doesn't matter because it's the ring it's, it's my ring bear it's unblockable unless you have the same power and like it was pretty good it was pretty good watching Dreadhorde like really make some things happen it was pretty cool yeah that was so Dreadhorde was one of my favorite cards i was really just say disappointed when it was banned it obviously, like looking back, it was like, well, that that had to go. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, we of, saw what happened after that. That was kind of one of those preemptives where it's like, we're banning this card. We're banning Oko because Oko's... Or no, that was... Yeah, that was with the Oko, was Oko Yeah, Yeah, Oko's ridiculous. And we're pretty sure, you know, Blue-Red's going to be ridiculous. So we'll ban this too. I remember you were pretty heated about that. I just don't like preemptive bans. Yeah. And that's... That's what, exactly what it was. I have no issue with banning cards that have proven. would have taken over. And clearly it would have because Blue-Red just took over anyways. Yes. Um, but we didn't know that. But there was, and Wizards is notoriously bad at this thing. Yeah, and I mean, and at the time, oh. I don't think we didn't have expressive iteration either. Yeah, so we like, did. It was just one. And to be fair, maybe they knew. It's, yeah, I I don't know how they make their decisions. Like I don't know if the people making the ban and restricted decisions mm -hmm. know the upcoming sets. I don't. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. That's one of the things that like I've kind of said with the the Mox Opal thing, where it was just like. Banning Mox Opal to keep Urza sucked. Mm -hmm. But like a year later, we got Urza Saga. And like, you can't have Mox Opal and Urza Saga and Modern at the same time. Like, that'd be a fucking catastrophe. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, and so, it's very possible they were aware of what's going on. And yeah, that could have been like, hey, by the way, we're going to pick this card because we know it's around the corner mm -hmm. and it's going to be fucking bad. So, anywho. Um, I Sorry, the one thing I would say is oh, yep. I don't know if I would cut Ragavan or not. But in my opinion, I'm not very big on Ledger Shredder. No, me either. And I think Dreadhorde kind of does the same thing. Now, the flip side is, though, you're also, you're hurt, you're hitting your graveyard twice, whereas, like, Ledger Shredder helps fill your graveyard. Yeah. Dreadhorde's taking stuff out of it, and you do definitely, like, Murktide is what the whole fucking deck is named after. Like, yeah, I see Mer like making Murktide harder to cast is some, there's some tension there. There is definitely. So it's something like, you'd have to, maybe you do run the full four considers as well as the pre I mean, I think you run four Ragavans over three Ledger Shredder. Like, this is, I've always felt Ledger Shredder was just a cute card. Like, I'm glad to see it finally isn't $20 a piece now. They're finally down to, like, what, eight bucks? The problem with Ragavan 
is he's a lot worse against Bowmasters, and that's yeah. And Bowmasters, and looking in this one, it's forty. It's in forty-four percent of decks. It's the second most played card. Yeah, you're at right. At that point, it's just like we finally fixed we the Ragavan scourge. <laughs> yep. Hey, they said they were going to power creep power. <laughs> we're going to answer the the Ragavan kind of problem funny, yeah. with more powerful creatures. Yeah, we fixed it. Congratulations, you did. Mm, that's funny. Although he's they're tied. Oh nope, Ragavan's got three more copies. Same number of decks. Ragavan has three more copies of Bowmaster. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Anywho. Oh, but yeah, uh, other than the the four preordains, which kind of makes sense, not much else going on in this uh, main board and or sideboard, really. Uh, next up, we have another mono black deck list. Now, this is not mono black coffers. Kind of surprising because I feel like the cost of running coffers is low. But this is just like a mono black list for Orcish Bowmaster, for Sheldred. Yeah, this um, is a controlling spell suite. So Fatal Push, Thought Seize, uh, Blood's, uh, Blood Chief's Thirst, Sheldred's Edict, Damnation, just like full on mono black control. Yeah. Uh, the one ring to recoup your card advantage in the end game, Nihil Spellbomb to uh, have a little bit of incidental graveyard hate, and then four Demolition Field, four Field of Ruin. So it's. I mean, this is basically just like a mono black land destruction. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is the coolest. Um, which I th- the other one, like the thing is, coffers are also runs a couple of those cards as well because like they're really easy to run when you're yeah. running a mono list, yep. and they're just good black removals. Like they're just good black control spells. Yeah. So like looking at this list, I'm like I look at this and I go, like let's just bare minimum it. Minimum it isn't. Offers one and Urborg one better than Swamps thirteen and fourteen. I agree, hundred percent. Like I said, I don't. I could be wrong. There, I very easily could be missing something. The, uh, but the like, cost to entry there seems really low for me. Yeah. So especially Urborg, like why you wouldn't? Yeah, turning your Field of Ruin and your Demolition Field into Swamps so you can they can help you cast these black spells. Yeah, I'm just I'm trying to look at these, and make sure there's nothing that I'm missing where it's like destroy target, blah blah blah. But it, if Urborg mm-hmm. fucks it up, but it doesn't destroy target non basic land and opponent controls. Cool. Yep. Each player searches their library for a basic land, puts it on the battlefield. Urborg okay. doesn't do anything. For I that. agree. I agree a hundred percent. That's it's just weird. I'd be curious if anybody knows the reasoning behind why you wouldn't run any. I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Um. That all being said, the sideboard doesn't have anything too crazy going on. So here, uh, interestingly enough, one Leyline of the Void. That seems that's an, that's wrong. weird. Um, Leyline of the Void. Well, the, I, the, I the Leylines the... are. I, I get this castable, but like yeah. by the time you cast it, it's because this isn't like Rest in Peace. It doesn't play catch up. So I don't know. By the time you cast it, it's already too late. Um, more go, more, go, more ghost quarters. Just more land destruction. Yeah, dude. dude Tron lives in fear of this deck. <laughs> Uh, and a single invoke despair in the side, which is a, a cool card to see. Um, some good enchantment removal from the mono black deck. One and four black target opponent sacrifices a creature. If they can't, they lose two life, and you draw a card. And then you do that for enchantments and planeswalkers. Did you hear the? Uh, did you ever hear the? Uh, rumor slash what's what's a, a tinfoil hat? Uh, the conspiracy. Con- the conspiracy theory that Watsy printed the reprinted the invoke cycle so that when you googled mtg invoke it didn't invoke it did not bring up invoke prejudice oh and the controversy surrounding and that. the controversy and the 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 you know the the problem the, the the problematic art and the artist and all that stuff and like it's directly related to the controversy of why uh walt disney made the movie frozen 
Oh, so Walt because Walt Disney's frozen. So they so pe- if if people were to Google Walt Disney frozen to come up with a movie and not that they froze Walt Disney's head, it it's very tinfoil hatty. But that's kind of cute. That it was a funny little a little uh, little idea going around. They mm-hmm. banned invoke just or invoke prejudice because of the history behind it, and then immediately reprinted the invoke cycle, invoke uh, despair, invoke whatever it is, invoke calamity, invoke I can't remember the rest of them, invoke the winds like that. Uh, next up, we have Mono White Hammer Time, uh, dropping the blue, bringing in two Surge of Salvation and one Steel Shaper's Gift, and all of the pretty standard Mono White Hammer Time stuff you expect to see. Uh, for a Stoneforge package this time around, we've got the Shadow Spear, the Nettle Cyst, and the Cauldron to go with those hammers. Two Forge anew, holding solid on that slot. Uh, called it. I, 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 Matt did too, but like we were both right. It's, I remember listening to people laugh at that. Like, I can't believe anyone would think that I can't believe anyone would think they would run this card. That the card's perfect for the deck as a one or two of, yeah, you don't want it on turns one, two, three, four or five, probably, but the card's amazing in the deck. So I was really happy to hear that, uh, or to get, uh, to get proven right. That as it turns out, more pure steel paladins for hammer time are good. Yep. Uh, the most, the, it, the most interesting thing here is probably the fourth Raven inspector in the main or, uh, in the creature suite, mm-hmm. just solid uh, one mana one two that sta- that survives a bowmaster and stands in front of a bowmaster, and a and not not to for, not to mention a uh, a ragavan. Who cares about ragavan? We're here to worry about bowmasters. Yeah, that's the new hotness. Yeah, ragavan's ragavan doesn't matter anymore. Also have the the forge tender, which is oh, not that's normally right. a main deck kind of card. Yeah, one mana one one pro red, and then you prevent all damage. That a red source would deal this turn. Those fury blowouts, I would mm, imagine. Uh, it has to be like that's because a blowout is the exact correct word. It's it's pretty painful to watch a to watch a hammer time list build a board up and then go pitch cast kill four of your things. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Uh, as far as a sideboard goes, we do have the sanctifier and vex for the scam matchup. Three reprieves, a card that I have fallen in love with casting, and actually does work really well with the pitch cast spells. Um, I mean, I guess I don't know how, like, I don't know. Because, like, it probably feels pretty good to be like, I'm going to pitch cast Solitude. Put it back in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> make him make him have another white card. I don't know. It's probably not there for that. But in my head, it'd be really funny to have someone pitch cast Force of Will and then be like, never mind. <laughs> just, <laughs> just undo that. Well, it makes it, I mean, at the very least, it makes them, you're you're even on cards. Yeah. Because you, you draw a card. And now you've forced them to discard a card. Yep. They're down a card. Yep. Yeah. Dude, I. So. So like I said, I run it, I have four reprieves in that arena event. I fucking love casting reprieve. Mm-hmm. Something that um, and obviously you know this, but like, um, feels pretty good to reprieve an uncounterable spell. Yeah, boy, people get pretty ballsy when they're playing against blue white control when their spell says can't be countered. Yeah, it can be bounced though. Why don't bud? You put that shit back in your hand. Yeah, uh, time walk. <laughs> I don't uh, want to deal with that right now. You done? Like you tapped out for your seven drop of times. It's just like turns two, three, and four, just like memory lapse, reprieve, reprieve. Okay, now I'm established counterspell. Yeah. Now that you've done literally nothing for four turns. And I've just cantripped. I'm just just churning through my deck. Oh shit. Uh but anyway, nothing super crazy in the sideboard. Uh one more the fourth or the third surge of salvation. And then bringing it home. Gosh, so much for a, a shorter modern. <laughs> So it's supposed to be a two-hour podcast, Matt. Two hours. We were going for two hours. Well, then hurry up. Uh, Demir Mill. It is kind of cool seeing Mill bring home a top eight slot. Uh, the full eight crabs, 
two of the Jace Perfected Mind. I think we saw almost the exact same list last week, didn't we? Yeah. I believe this them, is... I don't, I don't, it was either I don't, last week or the week before. I don't know if it was uh, Gabriel, Gabriel Lee, Lee 91 but pretty much the same list we saw last week. Oh, don't see anything in here particularly interesting. The coolest card in here, in my opinion, is uh, this Baleful Mastery. I really liked what they did with these cycle of cards. Did you have you seen these? Uh, they're called like student cards. Mm-hmm. You have the student. You have a, a. You can pay a reduced cost if you let them. If you basically let it go down on cards. Yeah. I thought it was a really cool mechanic to put into cards. Where like, you know, four mana to exile a target creature or planeswalkers probably overpriced, but it's a powerful effect. But the but the option to pay two for it, it's pretty strong. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It'd be they'd be fun in EDH, like because you just like the because it's. An opponent draws a card, so it's not the person you hit. So I'm gonna be like, Jake, I'm gonna kill your dude, and uh, <laughs> Mike, you can draw. A card. Mike, you can draw a card. I know you have your land drop for three turns. <laughs> yeah. You're not really playing this game. You can have a card. But thanks for saving me two mana. Yeah, that's pretty good. The game. That's pretty good. Yeah, I that's didn't think cool, about that. Neat little just side effect there. Uh, but anyway, going through this, nothing super crazy in the main board here, um, or really the sideboard. It's <laughs> three surgical in the main, three extirpate in the side. I am yep. not losing to Eldrazi, goddammit. Correct. Well, and just the, not only that, but it's just like you milled, okay, cool, I'm playing primetime, milled a prime. No more primetimes. Yep, no more primetimes. Yep. Uh, we're not, Win we're without not, it, bud. We're not dealing with this. Oh, and there's your uh, Valakut. Yep, no <laughs> more Valakuts. Enjoy winning. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> primetime's done. That's, we were talking, we were playing Pioneer, and it happened a couple times where like, the line of, if the game kind of grinds out a little bit, the line of carning for Stonebrain multiple times and just take every good card it's like deck. i can't win anymore i don't have any more win cons yep like like stone braining three times which i know is a lot but like a long game like you stone brain me two or three times even if you stone brain me twice not only do i have i most of my win cons my good win cons are gone the ones that are left are way harder to draw yep because there's so few there's i have i still have 48 cards in my deck and i have two win cons yeah Leave my shit alone. Well, and it frees up my actual answers, too. Yes, it does. So it's just like, okay, well, you have two creatures in your deck. Yeah, when the and stone... guess what? I've got a sword of supply shares in my okay. hand. Stone Brain's a four for one. Right. And the, just the four best four best cards in your deck. It's like, whew, that's rough. Yep. Anyway, though, nothing crazy going on on the sideboard here. So wrapping up the modern metagame, we do have 18.75% Rakdos midrange. Now, we didn't have a single scam deck make it to the top eight. Uh, Looks like tenth was tenth place was our was our closest, but we did it was almost nineteen percent of the meta with six decks. Uh, we've got Merktide Region is it Merktide with five decks fifteen and a half percent, Amulet Titan twelve and a half percent four decks, Yogmoth nine percent with three decks, handful of two ofs Crashing Footfalls oh, and then our other category, and then a pretty wide amount of one ofs things like Jun Saga Creativity Mill Gorio Through the Breach Jeskai Prowess. Most played cards this week, Ragavan, Nimble Pilfer, Orcish Bowmasters, Lightning Bolt, Thought Season, Fury. It's powerful fucking cards there. Uh, top creatures, Ragavan, Orcish Bowmasters, Fury, Dothy, Voidwalker, and Endurance. And then your top spells, Lightning Bolt, Thought Seize, Engineered Explosives, Chalice of the Void, and Preordain. Yep. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. Preordain's just worse than Consider. I, I, are you sure it's... Are we sure it's even better than Consider? Has anyone even tried to playing Consider over Preordain? Yeah, I know. That's just... <laughs> uh, any, yeah, I know. It's so, so stupid. Uh, as we wrap up Modern and we come to the end of our episode, uh, final shout out to our patrons. Thank you very you much know for supporting be, before us. Before we wrap up, you know what sure. would be interesting? Because you and I have talked about this. Uh-huh. If they wanted to make Modern like a, have some cantrips, give them Portent. 
because you it's probably just worse than consider <laughs> but like Portent at least has some like interesting gameplay where yeah. like you don't get to draw the card till their your yep. opponent's turn so there's like there as is an actual penalty and the the one reason i bring this up particularly obviously it's with you jake mm-hmm. is we had that conversation oh, i know i would just be interesting here we could yeah. test it where it's just like is portent when there aren't other options yep. is it actually worth is it, playing yeah, how does it compare with preordained first of all right like how does it just how does it compare i would love to see that and i mean obviously giving them two good cantrips is probably too much but like it feeds into it feeds into bowmasters just like the, like the reason they let you have preordained is it feeds right into bowmasters so it it's there's cost to running it i would love to see that i would love to see how portent and preordained actually fight each other for deck slots in a format without brainstorm or ponder yeah i'd love to see that uh, anyway, patrons, you're awesome. Thank you very much. Patreon.com forward slash cantrip cartel. I didn't mention at the beginning of the episode. I hope people stay this late. They're not going to. We have our AMA uh, coming up. Episode 100. This is, I believe, 95. So send us your questions. Email, Facebook, Twitter, anywhere. I'll, we'll bank all of them and we will answer any questions you guys have for us on episode 100. Um, uh, cantrip cartel at gmail.com and everywhere else. Uh, Matt, is there... Anything else this week you would like to talk about? Nothing in particular. Uh, is there anything else I'm forgetting? Probably, but I'm forgetting <laughs> it too. <laughs> well, in that case, I think we will see you guys next week. Yep. Have a nice night, guys. So I'll just... Uh, here, I'll, I'll do what someone did to me today, and we'll see if you can find the line. So uh, at the end of your turn, I'll cast Once Upon a Time, and uh, I'll... Does that resolve? Sure. Uh, I'll find uh, I'll find my Allosaurus Shepherd, and I'll I'll play my third forest, and I'll cast Channel. <laughs> uh, reprieve the channel. <laughs> <laughs> Scoop. <laughs> Welcome, step on in to the Cantrip Cartel. Chicken Matt chatting meta games or slinging some spells, casting L, sipping on blue soup and parting some veils. Glimpse of nature once upon a time. They're telling the tale of the elvish visionaries on the wildwood prairies, where the brainstorms of Sophia some so scary, so legendary. Queer and rangers crowns the sylvan libraries, for when the greens and zenith would parry the clouds and turn their swords into plows. Let them rotate the crops, abundant growth in the ground, nourish the life from the loam until it flourished unbound. Seeds of innocence burnished all the birch lorian mounds. Gaia's cradle exhaled, carpet of flowers unwound. Birds of paradise sang, tropical islands of sound. Allosaurus shepherd danced on dinosaurs stopping grounds. Jake and Matt pondered deeply all this magic they found. Through their visions, thou and serum, they saw only for how to convey these magic stories aloud to the crowds, the masses. Make the voices heard, share the truth, the magic. Through ancestral visions, they felt compelled to draw every single card with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the cantrip cartel. Strong cards with the cantrip cartel.